With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare what's up this your boy la duval and check out my podcast conversations with unk on the black effect podcast network each and every tuesday conversations with unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness unlike my work on stage i tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh every tuesday listen to conversation with unk hosted by lil duval on the black effect podcast network iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Should I say good morning, Good morning, everybody. (laughs) Yes, our man Anthony Gargano will be joining us shortly here. On Momentarily. Fox Football Saturday here on Fox Sports Radio. So it is I, Kevin Figures, and Chris Perfett sitting here. Ricky might uh, chop in here a little bit as well. We are the fellas. We are the fellas. We're a collective here. So uh, we got Big Cuz. Cuz will be joining us here in a little bit. That's what he's been training us for <laughs> all this time. And there's uh, plenty to get to, obviously. This is, would you say, Chris, many say this is like the best weekend of the NFL playoffs. You know, you have the basically the uh, final eight, you know? I feel and like we've cut out, yeah, we've cut out the the fat, as it were, from some of the right. teams. Some of them were a little more fat and meaty than others, like the Cowboys. Yeah. Well, especially, but. you know, I'm glad you brought that up. Because <laughs> before we even get to this weekend, can we look back to last weekend a little bit, too, and the, mm. the super wild card weekend? Now, we've discussed this with Cuz in the past, specifically when it comes to the college football playoff. And anyone who's listened to this show has known that I am a proponent of the less is more approach. And, you know, I, I think the BCS was terrible. I, I think four is probably too few, but I think 12 is probably too many. Um, and now you have the, the playoff expansion in the NFL the last couple of seasons. And I had a stat last week. I, I believe it was 0-4. Yes, 0-4 because we're only two seasons into it, where you've had the two seed versus the seven seed in this new expanded playoffs with the margin of victory being 13 points in those games. I know it's extra TV revenue for the NFL, and ultimately that's all they care about, but you want to have competitive games, especially when you get into the postseason. And so far, I know the the early returns, it's a very small sample size, but for me, Chris, I'd much rather see quality games with better teams in the postseason as opposed to just a watered-down product where you have teams like Cousins, Philadelphia Eagles sneaking into the playoffs, and then they get run off the field last week in Tampa. So I'm mostly there with you. I think... This is hard for me because while I am not on Ant's side of just more, 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 I think you asked me the best weekend in all of sports is that first round of the NCAA tournament. 
in March. Yeah. And that runs on glut. That runs on, oh my God, there's four games on, and as soon as they end, I'm going to go to another game. And I don't think I really didn't... I didn't mind this this super wild card weekend. I really didn't. I know we had... You know, the Eagles kind of put their their butts in everyone's face. But other than that, I was entertained with nearly every game we had on there. Were there some teams I didn't think belonged in? Sure. I didn't think the Raiders, like, looked too great. I mean, they, they gave us a great game. Yeah, they competed. They com- they competed. They, they didn't get raw off the field like a couple. It's like the no, Steelers. Steelers and Eagles clearly didn't deserve to be there. And I think those are the two extra wild cards from both those right. divisions that we have. So, yeah, to your point, like... We didn't really need to see both those teams get run off the field. Yeah, you're and you're not going to put the toothpaste back into the tube now. You know, they're not going to go back and say like, "Well, this experiment didn't work." Because again, we mentioned the extra TV revenue, and I'm hoping that they don't find a way to try to expand this even further at some point in the next couple. Sure, of years. I, I don't want to see it turn into the NBA yeah. playoffs where everybody's in, but I feel like this is maybe this is probably a one-off year. Like both those teams had extenuating circumstances getting in. The Eagles got very hot down the stretch. And the Steelers, like, they, they had a decent enough team. It's just their quarterback at the end of his career and Ben Roethlisberger was just so terrible that it just kind of brought the rest of the team down with it and it kind of created a very bad product at the end. And bo- and But I think there'd be other years where maybe you'd see... And look, even if it was a smaller sample size, I mean, it was a smaller playoffs, you'd still have years where the Panthers were eight, who were like seven, eight, and one one year, mm-hmm. right. are the division leaders and because of how division winners work in the playoffs. So you'd still have bad teams regardless. That's a crock, too. Yeah. You want to go back to that, you know, that <laughs> Seattle Seahawks-Saints game. Oh, yeah. Some years no, ago, the Marshawn Lynch run. Well, they, the, uh, the Seahawks were 7-9. and nine. The Saints, I think, were 13-3 and three and had to open on the road and lost that game. Right. Weak, weak divisions, weak winners are nothing, are, have always been a problem for the NFL playoffs. But overall, I just felt pretty well entertained. And I think a lot of that, though, came from late games where either controversy showed up oh, or teams yeah. found their found their butts and exposed them quite a bit like the Cowboys did and like look we had we had plenty chatter to talk about i know raiders fans and i know you're a raiders fan right. were mad about the phantom whistle in the cincinnati game now i would contend though if they want to be mad about something you know cuz they were also the recipients of a rough of a ticky tack roughing the passer Absolutely. call at the end of that game and then Derek Carr rewards them by throwing short of the goal line in a double coverage again so but, at least the third time he's done that in 4 years by the way but we at least had you know you at least had controversy you had drama at the, in these games you had everything that the NFL usually gives us on a given weekend i feel like when you have more sample size available I mean, when you have more teams in the playoffs available to you you're more likely to get that. Yeah, and the problem it's the kind of drama that you get, I think is what we have to talk about too because I don't th- I think we'd all agree we don't want drama where there's controversy with the officials. Now, the Joe Burrow pass into the end zone where the whistle was blown, I really think that was it would be it would have been a technicality had they called that back and say we have to replay the down because the whistle was blown because the ball was in the air and it was more than halfway to the receiver at the time he was catching it. The Raider defensive back, I think it was Roderick Teamer, had already been beaten at that point. So I think that was pretty inconsequential. But you're talking about, you know, controversial roughing the passer penalties, you know, things like that. It was like three straight minutes in that game where there was being whistles blown on every play. Oh, there was a now, lot of penalties. I forget the name of the crew itself, but I am pretty sure I saw a report that the NFL has already told them. It was um, will... Jerome Boger's crew. Yeah, it was Boger's crew. And by the way... Apparently these crews are being shaken up each which, going into the playoffs, which seems really bad. It's like, ridiculous. That that would be like if you've worked with someone for a really long time 
on, I don't know, like a project for like building a computer or something or building a computer program. And, and, and suddenly in the 11th hour, they're like, hey, we're going to put brand new programmers on yeah. this pro- on this on this project. You're, you're, it's going to get blown up. But either way, that crew's been told they're not moving forward in the playoffs. So hopefully we don't have anything like that. That that was, that was I think, the one downside from this weekend is you had that Bengals-Raiders game where just officiate we, were, we saw it all regular season, that there were irregularities in the officiating. There was irregularities in quality of the officiating. And this was the game where it stuck itself there. Yeah, and I feel like you see it every single season. There's going to be a handful of games where there's a controversial call that doesn't go a certain way and it falls on the heads of the officials. But to your point, you know, the NFL over the years has has done this thing where they've put these all-star crews together. You know, the best referee with the best line judge, with the best back judge, with the as opposed to just evaluating them as a group. You know, I, be, I believe the NBA just has groups of referees. If your group graded out well, you move on. You do you go to the playoffs. Right. You go to the NBA finals. Why that is for why it's different for the NFL, I'm not sure because these guys have continuity. They work well with each other. They play well off of each other. They know what they're looking at. They have different reads. And when you're throwing guys together who have never worked together before, you know certain things like this will end up happening. And it's unfortunate that it could end up costing a team a game. Again, I don't think the Raiders lost that game based on that call. Uh, but still, you know that it's it's still something that was a, a source of controversy. No, it just made for a bad viewing product in that game. Right, I think. Right, like everyone was noticing it when you have th- like almost two three minutes where the where the whistles being blowing a play dead every play. The fans are getting frustrated. The players are getting frustrated. The coaches are getting frustrated. Right, and it just it it leads to a lot of a lot of scuff down the line. And I mean, we we kind of saw that trying to happen in the in the Cal in the Dallas Cowboys game. But I think, th- thankfully, I think we all realized like that's something that has to happen. When you you have to, everyone knew that the ball has to be touched by the officiating crew, by the umpire. Yeah. It has to get up there, and you can't just run the play ahead so far. And th- I mean, these aren't these aren't young guys either. It was like, a comedy of errors in that game. In yeah, that the center got in the way. Uh, well, even the fact that they didn't even have a timeout. At that point in time, mm-hmm. and Mike McCarthy all season long has been brutal at burning through his timeouts and his clock management and well, game Mike management McCarthy has been awful. B- blowing up the clock, you don't say. I know. And Packer, he's been do- Packers fans are like, wow, I've never seen and, that before. And you know, it was Aaron Rodgers covering up for a lot of his coaching deficiencies for all those years. And now that the margin has shrunk a little bit, the margin for error has shrunk, it's standing, standing out more. How can you go for you know a fake punt, you convert it for, for, for a first down, then the punt team is still on the field, and everybody's standing around looking at each other. Then you have to run the offense out there, and then you burn a timeout. How does something like that happen? That and makes no sense. In the postseason, no less. And there seems to be a lot of back and forth as far as who actually called up the play where you saw Dak Prescott running basically down the middle of the field, knowing he's probably going to have a remote chance of clocking the ball if it gets set up, rather than sliding short to save himself some time. Nobody knew where the clock was. And apparently the guys who drew it up, it, you know, Kellen Moore, it was, from what I've read, it was Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, called up the, dialed up the play. Mike McCarthy signs off on it. Dak Prescott runs it. And there's not for a second anyone thinking, what are we doing when we've got, what was it at the I time? I think it was 12 seconds 12 possibly. seconds on the clock. We're going to run this play? 
And you know what, Chris? I don't have a problem with the play that they ran. I have a problem with Dak Prescott probably picking up an extra seven or eight yards that he really didn't need. At that point in time, I think it was either third and one or fourth and one. So you wanted to get the first down and secure that. Get yourself five or six yards. You know, at that point in time, they're a pass midfield. You just wanted to put yourself in a situation where you didn't have to throw a Hail Mary but you can have a more manageable throw towards the end zone. I think that's that's right. fine. And yeah. if you if you pick up five or six yards and, and rush up to the line, you have probably one or two seconds left on the clock to be able to do that. Dak picked up an additional 10, 12 yards to get even closer, but it wasn't really necessary at that point in time. And, no, that, and just, I think you just wasted time. Where And that again, it, the official now needs to run longer to catch up with you too. Yeah. So it's, but I, I, I get it. You're not thinking of all these things maybe in the moment, but again, if you're someone like, like say, the offensive coordinator who's sitting up there, and by the way, Kellamore is getting a lot of looks for a head coach. Which right I don't now, understand, to be honest with which you. Which I think it's a little premature. I think you're seeing some guys, well, I mean, <laughs> you want to talk about guys who you don't understand getting interviews, we could just do a whole hour on just who the Texans have been interviewing. Yeah, you know, we should probably get into that, you know, coming up later this hour, too, because <laughs> some, of the, some of the names that have Josh popped McCown. up is unreal to me. You know, and Jared Mayo, who I know has been a good assistant for the New England Patriots, but he seemingly came out of nowhere. I feel like Jared Mayo was just was playing four years ago. Yeah, there's, there's two or three years ago he was on the field playing for the Patriots, and now he's talking about being a head coach. There's something to be said about doing your due diligence and just even interviewing guys, even if you know you're probably not going to go that route. But at the same time, when you're the Texans and you've kind of botched this so many times, I don't know. It's yeah. Now, something we trust them on, but get, yeah, that's 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 a side note. To get back to to Dallas for for a minute before we before we hit the first break here, um, th- there was talk, or at least some discussion, with with that play. You know, why doesn't the NFL adopt the rule that college has, where if you get a first down, the clock automatically stops, so it gives the referees and the chain gang time to run up and and spot the ball, and it's mm. not penalizing the offensive team. Now, I personally, I don't really feel passionately one way or the other. The rules have been the same for 100-plus years, however long the NFL has been around, and I can't think of too many instances off the top of my head, save for last week, where a situation like that has happened, where a team just kind of ran out of time. But ultimately, Chris, for me, it's time management. Don't be in a situation where you don't have any timeouts left. If you're in a situation like that, run a play where you have time to either hit the sideline, get a quick snap, get a quick play, and come up and spike the ball. So I think you're just trying to bail the Cowboys or other teams out by saying let's change the rules and stop the clock on first downs because you're professionals. This is how the rules have always been. Right. Two things I'll say about that. One, I'm kind of against that rule because that's kind of – we've seen – combine that with bad quarterback play in college while teams still insist on – throwing the ball that has created a lot some college games going almost four hours which is something I don't want I don't want us to be sitting here thinking football is becoming too long so I would not be in favor of that rule by the way I don't think they have the two-minute warning in college that they compensate a little bit for that correct but I don't know if I would be willing to give up the two-minute warning for clocking for clocking the ball on a first down but I agree with you like this is this is just you know what these rules are these are the rules that you've always had to play with you have to manage the clock, and I can't. I, I, this is. I, I'm not a. I'm not a football coach. I don't understand why it's hard to manage the clock for some of these guys. And I know some teams have hired guys who that's their only job is to sit there and try to figure out how to manage the clock and advise the coach on the clock itself. I don't. I'm. I'm not quite sure why this continues to be an issue, but it just always seems to crop up. Especially in these late game scenarios where you're just you you know you're fighting against the clock. You know your your friend 
is the sideline, is going out of bounds. And for whatever reason, teams still get into trouble. Maybe it's because defenses know they need they need to get to the edges and and guard them eff- effectively. I don't know. It just but it it crops up all the time. And you know the Cowboys and my the, for the Cowboys, it hurts a lot. For Mike McCarthy, it's kind of the same old same old. Now we haven't heard from Ricky yet. He's a resident. Uh, oh yeah, Cowboys our resident fan. Cowboy. How, how about fan. them Cowboys? Well, you Ricky? know what? Hold, hold off on that, Rick. <laughs> let's, let's let's hit the break. Let's hit the break. This is the fellas uh, here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Kevin Figures, Chris Perfed, waiting for Cuz Anthony Argano. He's going to join us here shortly. We'll take a, a short break here, and on the other side, we'll talk a little bit more uh, about this. Uh, I want to talk about the coaching carousel, as Chris mentioned a minute ago, and then of course we'll get into these divisional playoff matchups coming up starting today. I love the divisional playoff round, my favorite round of the NFL playoffs. Here on Fox Sports Radio, it's the fellas, Kevin Figures, Chris Perfett, Ricky with you. Let's go. Football, 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 football. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's the fellas on Fox Sports Radio. Kevin Figures, Chris Perfett, Ricky Herrera. Cuz Anthony Gargano going to join us shortly. Spent the first segment talking about the NFL, talking about the wild card playoff format, some duds of games last weekend, the uh, mental blunder or whatever you want to call it from the uh, Cowboys 49ers ending. And before we checked out, our resident Cowboy fan, you are the voice of Cowboy Nation uh, Ricky Herrera, your your thoughts on uh, what happened to your team last weekend? It was brutal, and uh, you know, before the 49ers uh, capped off their regular season finale against the Rams, uh, George Kittle had an interesting line about that Rams game being a body bag game. Yeah, and I, I think that I think that rolled over. The bottom line is the 49ers were just more physical. Uh, our offensive line uh, stunk it up, and uh, they were the most uh, penalized team uh, all season, and uh, they just really didn't show up. Uh, you know, we had no rushing game against the Niners, and that the the clock management and it it, it was just a bad performance all around. I, I can't say I'm uh, not surprised that uh, we couldn't pull that off. Fourteen penalties, yes, the most penalized team in the NFL could not get out of their own way. And the Cowboys, yet again, to the delight of many, uh, sent home packing early in the postseason. Now, uh, one much maligned player 
who played pretty well. Now, I won't say that the Rams won on Monday night because of Matthew Stafford, but he certainly didn't lose the game. No one has seen more of Matt Stafford, or excuse me, Matthew Stafford, I don't need his wife coming after me for mispronouncing <laughs> his name, than Chris Perfett. The, uh, of course, does the Pride of Detroit podcast, does a phenomenal job covering the Lions, has seen pretty much every snap that Matt, Matthew Stafford has had in his career. And he was very efficient, only threw 17 passes. Uh, Chris had a couple of touchdowns. The Odell Beckham Jr. got there in the mix. They ran the ball effectively. Uh, but certainly I think it helps to mentally, at the very least, for Matt Stafford to get the monkey off of his back and get that playoff victory however it comes. Yeah, look, I think if you want to look to any victor of that game, I think it was – that Rams defense, what 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 was the yardage for the Cardinals in that first half? Was it? I think it was just barely in the negatives. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it, it, was it wasn't even in the brutal. This, yeah, double digits. It was just just uns like you you had you had Kyler Murray going backwards half that game. So I I I understand like this wasn't exactly a game that Stafford needed to be brilliant in. He didn't really need to be brilliant in it, but as you say he didn't lose it, but. You know how this goes in our industry, where we give outsized praise and outsized criticism to the quarterback because of his team and because of and you know it's it's the old line about quarterback wins, which uh, this is a t- this is supposed to be the ultimate team sport, but still some somehow we stake the whole careers of quarterbacks on whether or not their team wins or loses a playoff game, and yeah, that's always been the way for Stafford. I, it's funny because I, I've heard so many. It's been I, I don't know if you know another player like this, uh, Figgy, that where former players, current players, and general managers and coaches all say one thing, and it's glowing effervescent praise. Aaron Rodgers even called him like you know he was like, "Hey, I, I love watching Stafford play. He's beautiful to watch play. He's he's you know one of the best quarterbacks in this league." Right. Aaron Rodgers himself says that. But then you you know you talk to people who are writers who are on talk radio who are on talk talk shows for sports and they have a completely different view of Stafford because as you said he, he up until that point he hadn't won a playoff game and 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 it became this you know th- this mad struggle to figure out well is it the Lions is it him can he be a winner what is he like in the clutch all these intangibles that we that we kind of obsess over. And but I, I it's it it's frustrating, right? Because again, yeah. that game wasn't won because of Stafford. But at the same time, I don't think that the games that they lost in the past in the playoffs was necessarily because of Stafford too. I don't know how you suss that out. Say with 2014, where there's a a, a picked up flag, yeah, that cowboy and a game. shanked punt, yeah, in late after that after the after the uh, pi call was picked up, or if it's just. The Seattle game in 2016, where that team is just, including Stafford, was unspeakably beat up at that point. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, back in 2011, they were just completely outgunned and outclassed by the New Orleans Saints. It's just, but that defined Stafford's legacy. And for better or worse, that became this bogeyman. So he gets it. He gets it with a new yeah. team. He gets it with a very successful team. And even, I mean, I mean, I'm even seeing it now with some more advanced stats people too, pointing out like, hey, the Rams this time of year. It's kind of the same performance they had with Jared Goff back in 2018, but that's you know that's that's very different. That's that's a very different team that had it. I think we'll get more of a look of what Stafford can probably accomplish if he if they have to do some sort of quarterback duel against Tom Brady with the Buccaneers game coming up. It's just 
I don't know. that It's great he gets that win. I just worry that these narratives we've kind of assigned to Matthew Stafford yeah. aren't going away because of this win. Well, you know, what doesn't help is now that he's with the Rams, he's away from the you know perceived also ran the Lions, and now he's with a winning franchise, and he was the missing piece, and he has all these weapons and a great offensive mind in Sean McVay. And at times this, this season, he looked great. But there are times, even down the stretch of the regular season, what do you have, nine turnovers in the last four games or something yeah, like that? something like that. And something tells me he's playing hurt, which is... Which he won't admit to, but... Yeah, well, he, he he's he's just tough in the head like that. Right. But I've always seen that late in seasons with the Lions where he starts making those mistakes and you find out later on, oh yeah, like his hand's fractured or something's wrong with his back. Like one of the most brilliant games he ever had was against the Cleveland Browns and it comes out the next day that he's basically... You know, broken his back. Yeah, like and, that, and that just that's just who Stafford is as the person. But I mean, it's also on the Rams too, right? It's like this is the guy you gave up Jared Goff, two first round picks and a third to make this you know blockbuster kingmaker trade to get Stafford. So yeah. it it's kind of a it's kind of an expectation goes both ways. And unfortunately, I feel like even though it's there's so many giant sharks in the water when it comes to the playoffs. Unfortunately, that the playoffs are as random as they are for one and done. Yeah, the stakes are to the point where it's like if Matthew Stafford and the Rams don't win a Super Bowl, he's going to be right back to square one with all the criticism. And you know the best way for them to win, and we'll get to trending here in a minute. But the best way for them to win, you mentioned comparing this team to the Jared Goff team that went to the Super Bowl a few years ago, mm-hmm. is to play that way. They played that way this past Monday against Arizona. They ran the ball. Cam Akers looked spectacular, by the way. How you can look how you can look that well after an injury that devastating. Modern medicine, Neil Elitrash, and, uh, and amazing. We men- I mentioned the defense earlier. I know, you know, I've spoken with one of our other producers here at Fox Sports Radio, who's a huge Rams fan, and I can't tell you how many times he's cursed the, the name of Raheem Mostert, their defensive coordinator through the year. Oh, Raheem Morris, yeah. Raheem Morris, excuse me. Who's also in line for some head coaching yeah, jobs. Who, who like, but uh, that was that was brilliantly play- called up. They neutral. They completely neutralized Kyler Murray, and I think they Kyler shook Murray, him completely. He was shook. Yeah, I mean, there were plays to be made out there that he couldn't make either. I think they got to him early in the game, and he was totally taken out of it. That is a guy who, for whatever reason, the bright lights were on, and he just did not show up. And maybe it's attributed to the late season collapses that the Cardinals have had since he's been in the league the last couple of years. Or, or I'm not exactly they sure. They were already going downhill there too. They I mean, were. They, I mean, speaking of the Lions, they lost the Lions. They did. In, they did in, in the regulars. They, I think, at the start of December. Yeah. yeah they they basically controlled their own destiny. I mean, in mid November around Thanksgiving, we thought the Cardinals were basically had the NFC West locked up. It was theirs. And they've, they found a way to let it slip away uh, like they have recently. We'll get to some trending here, and we'll get back to the NFL talk. We'll start with some talk out of the NBA Friday night. The Golden State Warriors outlasted Houston 105-103 to as Steph Curry drained his first game-winning buzzer beater of his career. That's hard to believe, but it is. Uh, game high, 22 points there for Steph. John Moran had 38 points for Memphis. They defeated Denver despite a triple-double from Nikola Jokic. That's four straight triple-doubles for Nikola Jokic in a losing effort on Friday night. 24 points, 14 boards for Rudy Gobert as Utah defeated Detroit. James Harden had a triple-double and netted Brooklyn a victory over San Antonio. Milwaukee, the Lakers, and the Clippers with victory. Portland picking up just its fifth road victory of the season. They defeated the Boston Celtics 109-105. Injury updates for a divisional playoff weekend in the NFL. The 49ers defensive end Nick Bosa cleared concussion protocols. He 
He will be in the lineup tonight against the Packers. Derrick Henry is expected to start for the Tennessee Titans against the Bengals today as well. Some tough news for those Rams who we were just talking about. They will not have left tackle Andrew Whitworth or starting safety Taylor Rapp. They will both miss Sunday's game against Tampa Bay. And some surprising coaching news, the Ravens parting ways with defensive coordinator Don Martindale. Getting back to the Rams before we start, before we look ahead to divisional playoff weekend, you know, the formula for them to be able to win, you know, Sonny Michelle down the stretch, as bad as Stafford was, and I think Stafford actually led the NFL in interceptions uh, this season. Sonny Michelle was a godsend for them uh, on the ground. Getting Cam Akers back is just another weapon for them. But the smart way for them to play, don't allow Matt Stafford to be in a situation where he could lose the game for you. And I think that early in the season, especially at times, I feel like Sean McVay got himself a brand-new toy, and he knew that Matt Stafford was better than Jared Goff, and he has all these offensive weapons. Let's spread it out and go empty backfield and throw the ball all over the place. And that's well and good at times, but when you want to, you don't want Matt Stafford throwing the ball 50, 60 times a game because that's the more opportunities he throws the ball, the more opportunities he has to turn the ball over. So the, big, the best thing they can possibly do is try to run the ball. The problem with that, Chris – is their upcoming opponent on Sunday, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who is the best team in the league in the regular season. I think they may have slipped to number two at the end of the year because they had some injuries up front at stopping the run. This game might fall on the shoulders of, of Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I, I think I, I've always liked to describe it as there's kind of a yin and yang to Matthew Stafford. You want to try to have him in a balance. I, I remember when the Lions had Joe Lombardi for about a season and a half, and he had Matthew Stafford checking down. That was too much. That was too much Yang. That was too much yeah. Yang. That's being too cautious. But all that time before, it was Scott Linehan where he's just slinging the ball down the field, or it's like they don't have a run game at all. If I had and, Calvin Johnson, I throw it into triple coverage yeah, a lot of yeah, times too. Like, so, and th- at that point, there's too much Yin. And right. I guess my point is, right now, with the if you're looking at the struggles of Stafford, the Rams right now, once again, it's a little too much Yin. You're making him throw a little bit too much. I, I looking looking to this matchup though. As the Lions, as someone who's covered the Lions, because you mentioned how well they are at stopping the run, and I see Indomitian Sue on that other side, and yep. just kind of wonder. Uh, I, I mean, I know he's not the same player as he used to be, but still, like, man, that's just fun to imagine. It, it's funny because I, I'm, I'm curious how this is going to go because you mentioned that the Buccaneers are good at stopping the the run, but they've also spent a lot of time this year trying to figure out how to get their their uh, pass coverage in order. And I, I'm just looking up their injury report, and I think the main thing for them, though, is like on their offensive side, they're losing a lot of weapons. And they, yeah. they've been losing weapons, and now I think Brashad Perriman, who mm-hmm. we have to talk... I mean, Brashad Perriman, we're talking about as what they're gonna, what he's going to do on, in this game, and he wasn't really participating. Right. Ronald Jones uh, wasn't was did not participate on fr- on Friday, and he's 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 not going to play either. He's no, out. and Giovanni Bernard was limited, and he's dealing with a hip and knee injury, and so you're you're starting to be whittled down. You have just Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski at your disposal among the, that myriad uh, weapons that we saw with the Buccaneers, you know, not long ago, and so. You know, for them on offense, they have to worry about, you know, this this Rams defense just stunted on the Arizona Cardinals. They right. brought a ton of pressure against against Kyler Murray and, and the Cardinals. And you've got to hope that that offensive line can hold up because if Tom Brady's pressured and you've got Mike Evans covered, then it's going to be uh, it's going to get dicey real quick. 
on, on that side of the ball. Yeah, and you talk about you know injuries on offense. You know Ryan Jensen, the start, all starting All Pro center for the Buccaneers, is banged up. As is their starting right tackle, their best offensive lineman Tristan Wirfs, going up against that Rams defensive front. And you know you talk about the dearth of weapons that Tom Brady has now. You know people will say like, oh, Tom Brady is great. He you know picked apart defenses back in the day when he had a bunch of nobodies. Yeah, you know, that was back when he was you know twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty. Now when he was 44, 45 years old. That was a lot of also just, you know, short yardage weapons, efficient passing weapons yeah. too. Like But that, they might have to evolve the offense for them yeah. to be effective because to your point, you know, outside of Gronk and Mike Evans, that's pretty much all you have to work with. And I don't really don't know what you can glean from last week's victory over the Eagles. I mean that should have been a glorified preseason game, to be quite honest with no, you. No, and, and it's like so. I can't even look at what happens where the Eagles made that rallying charge. Yeah. This is something we have to ask Ant when he gets in, but like you know what what that means for that rallying charge for the Eagles late in the game because I mean I think I mean the Bucks take their yeah, foot off Bucks the gas. Just t- Bucks t- just taking the foot off the gas. They know there's this game is out of reach for the Eagles. They score all their points in the fourth quarter. This is just you know the last gas. But you know it, it's it's hard to even take anything away from that. So yeah. the the front lines are is where the game and it's cliche to say well the game is always won and lost in the offensive defensive line. But even more so on this game because of the issues that both teams have up front. You know not having Andrew Whitworth is a humongous loss. Uh, for the Rams. And look, they've had their issues at times with certain opponents. I've, I saw them get manhandled you know, by the Titans. They've been manhandled twice by the San Francisco 49ers defensive front. And, you know, it's a solid offensive line, but they're not, you know, road graders or some dominant unit. You know, the Bucks do have a really good defense and a really good defensive front. They Now, they're, I think their pass rush percentage is not the greatest, but they can still get to you. They can still cause some noise, and they're going to force the Rams to have to throw the ball because, like we said, the Buccaneers are one of the best teams in the NFL at stopping the run. And then on the other side, talking about the injuries up front from the Buccaneers' offensive line, you know, you have Aaron Donald, you have Von Miller up front, you have a lot of guys that can get after it. So I feel like this game is probably going to be a low-scoring sort of defensive type of game. And if that's the case, it's going to take one drive, you know, whether it's one drive for a field goal or one drive for a touchdown late in the game. And unfortunately for Rams fans, at least from my outlook, my trust, I'm putting my trust in Tom Brady more so than putting it in Matthew Stafford just because I've seen Tom Brady do this for 20 years. And I've seen Matt Stafford win a playoff game one time last Monday. It's it's funny because I, I get that feeling from a lot of Rams fans too, this kind of, I don't know, like I, I was thinking about this because I was having arguments with certain Lions fans who had seen Kelly Stafford's comments about the, the Rams fans who were selling their tickets to Cardinals fans. And I think what people have to understand about Los Angeles fans is that it, yeah, like maybe LA doesn't really adopt a team pretty quickly, but at the same time, when the Rams came back to Los Angeles, you would know this. They made no bones about what they were coming back for. It wasn't really the fans. They wanted the television market. They wanted the new stadium deal. Well, the NFL absolutely wanted that. I mean, look, they knew they had a built-in fan base here, so that certainly helped. And I do believe, you know, Kelly Stafford made the comments, don't sell your seats to the Cardinals. It was a bit of an anomaly. The Rams, now the Chargers are a different issue. The Chargers, we know, get outdrawn. Although this year they actually did a lot better. But even compared to, just, just, just up against it, even if we're going on the Rams, like, L.A. wanted the Raiders at the time, and it just feels like the love wasn't, when you came to L.A., the love wasn't conditional for the Rams. The Rams, it's it's like, we, we want you to win if you want, you know, yeah. the, the love here. And part of that was also, too, is that they got to that Super Bowl in 2018 and then just completely laid an egg for everyone to watch. And even then, back then, I remember listening to, you know, our L.A. radio and people were already like, yeah, I don't really trust them against the Patriots. So it's kind of, it's it's a cautious love. 
for the Rams, yeah. I think. But well, I think they're encouraged by the fact. Elite, look, they they are a good team. They are competitive. They got to the Super Bowl within their first couple of years. They're putting a good product out there on the field, and they do draw well. They, you know, I've been to a couple of Rams. Yeah, they have. They do have their own fan base. The problem is going into that Cardinal game. You are coming out of San Francisco, and you know, living, growing up in Los Angeles, just knowing how this is. It's a you know this, Chris. You're a transplant. It's a transplant mm-hmm. market, and San Francisco was is kind. It's not as much as the as the Steelers or the Cowboys, but they are a national brand, and there are a lot of 49er fans that reside in Los Angeles. So regardless of how good or bad the Rams are or were going to be, there were going to be 49er fans there, and that was not going to trickle down to Arizona because they just don't have the footprint that the 49ers do. So the fears that were that were drummed up by what happened the second to, or the last game of the regular season when the 49ers seemingly outdrew the Rams in the Rams' own stadium, I think was a bit of an anomaly. That's probably something that's going to continue to happen to a certain degree. Uh, tickets are super expensive. If you know if there's a game that you can possibly give away and maybe make some money off of it, I know season ticket holders will look forward to doing that at times. I'm sure the Rams and the Ram players also, don't necessarily only, appreciate that. I'm pretty but. sure that would be the only game where they get um, – home field for the playoffs so like yeah you have a chance to sell a playoff ticket I mean, yeah well they can get a playoff game they can get a home playoff game if the 49ers beat the Packers if the 49ers beat the Packers Is that, okay, that, yeah. but then but then Chris we're right back in the same situation yeah now it's the <laughs> NFC championship game and the 49ers are back in town in Los Angeles so yeah. we know we'll have to get to that game uh eventually as well I do and we have all we have the other games to get to this weekend we'll get into all that you know because Anthony Gargano is going to join us here uh, as well here as the fellas on Fox but next I want to talk a little bit about some of the coaching carousel that's going on around the NFL some of the names are, are very head scratching. If I want to be completely honest with you, I, I don't necessarily get it. I'm all for giving guys uh, opportunities. Uh, a, a lot of people are against retreads. I'm not necessarily against it, and I guess I can explain why. Coming up next, it is the fellas Kevin Figures, Chris Perfett, Ricky Herrera here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, welcome back, fellas. Thanks to my boys, Figgy and Chris. Holding it down. Boys, what's happening? Not much, man. Just enjoying the uh, football, 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 football. All the football all day. You know it, cuz. This is Figgy's favorite weekend. It is. I love Divisional Weekend. It's the best. It Uh, It is completely the best. You're right on, man. Hey, you brought up something that was so on point, and I, I got it on my list this morning. And the the names that are out there, uh, I did still make sense. Jonathan Gannon was yeah. interviewed, right? You're a and, Philly guy, yeah. Right now, let me just tell you, <laughs> he he was horrible. He was all right. He was a horrible defensive coordinator. Now, look, did he didn't have. You know, the personnel to run his defense, blah, blah, blah. But he was horrible. In the game on Sunday against Brady, right, I'll throw it to you guys. You know you have Darius Slay. I think we talked about the scenario and how to approach it. Correct. You got Darius Slay, who's a lockdown press corner. So you figure, oh, you'll put him on Evans, try to neutralize Evans with Slay, you know, focus on Gronk. Man up everybody else and make sure you're at least playing some press. And then at times you want to try to move Brady off the spot with a gap pressure, right? Like that's the that, that's the recipe. Yep. He did none of that. Not only did he do none of that, he played his his uh coverage was soft, right? So he allowed Brady to 
peck away at him right off the bat. Tampa's line was dinged up right from the beginning. He brought no pressure until they were down 17-0. And knowing that he's got a, a, a challenged offense, right, a quarterback who's completely swimming, they need some big plays. And you let Brady go up and down the field to dig at 17 nothing lead. Yeah, you can't coach to your talent that you have on your team, the talent on the other side of the ball affecting the strategy of how you coordinate your defense. How are you going to be a head coach? We have to basically coach to the talent of the entire roster. If you are mismanaging one side of the ball, how are you supposed to manage an entire roster of players? I, I don't understand that. I, I, you know what, Fig? I, I don't I don't get it. I mean, to me, it's flabbergasting. This dude's got three interviews. And, you know, not for nothing, I look across the field – and I love Todd Bowles, right? Temple oh, Todd is my man, that's right? such a raw deal in New York. He needs okay. to get another job. Well, that's okay. That's my point. Like I look at it and go, "Hey, uh, now Todd Bowles, who is a brilliant, like a really smart football guy, he he completely took chopped Jalen Hurts' legs off, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know if you saw the mic'd up stuff from the week. I didn't get a chance to see it. No. And Todd said, "Todd, you can hear Todd telling his unit." Listen, this dude can't read defenses. He can't read. He can't read. And he goes, you know, this is what we got. We got We got him. We got him. He correctly identified all of his flaws yep. and said, I think I even told you last week, if I was Tampa, I'd say Jalen Hurts beat me, mm-hmm. make some plays down the field. And it's exactly what they did. And there was a lot of plays we made. And he knew that Hurts couldn't beat him. And his defense was perfect. And, and the, the guy won a Super Bowl last year. The guy has been down personnel this year. He's a really smart guy. And the only chance he had was the Jets. Who, who, who can, you, nobody can win nobody's, with the Jets. Nobody's really excelled at that job, yeah. Exactly. So you're the Texans and you interviewed Jonathan Cannon? Well, this is what this is what bugs me about this coaching uh, carousel right now. Because, yeah, there are some guys out there like – like Todd Bowles, who were like, okay, yeah, totally see that. And there's a Jim Harbaugh rumors flying around, which I don't think he's leaving Michigan at this point. Right. I, I know right, I know there's been some teams banging on his door. I don't think he's leaving there. But then I saw that, according to Albert Breer, that the name that consistently comes up for the Bears is Leslie Frazier, who was last a head coach 10 years ago and is currently the defensive coordinator for no, the Bears. I love, no, the Bills. Yeah, the Bills. Oh, uh, for he the Bills. The Excuse me. He's, the with, he's with the Bills, which yeah. like, all right, that's fine, but it's been a long time from for him. Okay, and so I'll tell Texans, you. Let me, let me just know. I know yeah. Leslie. All right, he he is a really sharp dude. The guy is a guy who deserves another chance. Like sure, he and maybe does. that was just how he, those he does, and I, and the job that he's done in in Buffalo Bears. is re- has been really good. Le- Leslie's tremendous, a real good football guy. But then, but, what are but the my Texans be- doing? You're right. Well, my beef is this. Now, you tell me, you guys tell me if I'm wrong, but it feels like they all want, all these owners, all they really want is, like, who, these, the, 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 uh, the Brandon Staley, the McVeigh, the young I guru. Want a th- yeah, I want a 30 year old dude. That's it. I'd say who someone fits that, the suit. Or someone that they can control. You know, Kellen Moore, who's yeah. easily, you know, easily manipulated. Because otherwise, yeah. why, why, Kellen, Kellen Moore, is, Kellen Moore is really premature for for a coaching selection. I think they're just it's also this continued obsession with coordinators over guys who are 
locker room leaders, too. I don't know if yeah. that's going to blow up in their face or not. By the way, yeah. I think it's great that the Eagles have a quarterback who can't throw, but they say he's going to be the quarterback of the future for them. So have fun with yeah, that. Yeah, don't believe in that. <laughs> we'll discuss it. We're the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Mike check. Mike check. Do you want exclusive insight from the biggest names in the sports game? What's good? This is national champion and former pro baller Chris Johnson. And let me tell you a little bit about my new series, KJ Live. KJ Live is the only show featuring me going one-on-one with the brightest basketball minds on the planet to get the real. And when I say real, I mean that real. I got legendary Hall of Famers, elite coaches, and the top basketball insiders bringing you a unique perspective on all things hoops culture that you will not find anywhere else. To make your next move your best move and tap in with me on KJ Live wherever get your podcast from there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing i'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel it's worth the trip that's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, good, 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 good morning, everybody. A happy divisional weekend, and it's a uh, great weekend of football matchups. This is, uh, Figgy said it earlier, it's his favorite weekend of the year and, and uh, the playoffs. And it really is, because you get four games. Next week, we dwindle the two and then Super Bowl. So this is usually your best weekend of football. It's fun. You got four games. And we have four doozies, right, beginning with Cincinnati and Tennessee, which should be a great game. Bengals, Titans. You know, Bengals have been a blast to watch. They've been one of the fun upstart teams this year so you know they're now in the mix their window just opening and they're going to be good tennessee earned the buy the most unlikely team that own that earned that buy so that'll be fun then followed by green bay and san francisco all the history of 49ers and packers and you know those those two teams those two helmets in the middle of a frozen backdrop, the temperature tonight in Green Bay, zero degrees at Lambeau. It's going to have all the great theater. And uh, it, it's it's just got it all, right? You know, Rodgers and against that incredible Niners team. So, I'm, you know, we're all looking forward to that one. Rams against the GOAT, right? Stafford against the GOAT. What a great story that is. Stafford trying to finally win Rams against Tampa, the defending champs, banged up, dinged up. So that'll be a great game. But the jewel, the crown jewel of the weekend, which is this is going to be amazing. And it's a shame because it really should be the AFC championship game, and that is Kansas City and Buffalo Sunday night, tomorrow night, Kansas City, where uh, it's going to be Allen versus Mahomes. 
<laughs> Reed versus McDermott is, you know, uh, Sean was on his staff and, and, and grew up in, in the NFL under Andy. He uh, worked with Spags, who's Andy's defensive coordinator. They're, they're all wonderful people. Leslie Frazier, um, who we just talked about, was on that uh, Andy staff. Like they're, they're all the, 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 a lot of that staff is intermingled. So it's really kind of cool. And you have these, these two teams that were really powerhouses, juggernauts, going to go head to head, man. I, and and I, I just think, I don't know what you guys think, but um, that, the way, like to me, I think Kansas City and Buffalo are the two best teams. Oh, I'd agree. I'd agree. And, I, and I've said that this is the game I'm looking forward to the most uh, this weekend, just from a football on the field standpoint, because they are fairly evenly matched. You know, the, the Chiefs defense came on the second half of the season. The Bills defense has been consistently solid all year long, even after losing Tredavious White. And then for Josh Allen to – I haven't seen a Bill Belichick defense be carved up like that since maybe maybe since your guy Nick Foles got him in the Super Bowl. I mean, it, it was amazing. They scored on every drive. Every drive they tried to score, they did. Seven scoring drives lit up one of the better defenses in the entire league. A Bill Belichick coach defense – uh, at a certain point, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I know. I, and, you know, it's interesting because, you know, they they were clearly, I we thought, you you and I said it last week, and, and Chris, you agreed, that, that, you know, Buffalo was a better team. Yeah, much They showed themselves, right, like the, the better team. But, Figgy, to your point, you're, you're dead right. I mean, they went up and down the field. And Josh Allen has just solidified himself as – you know, number two, I guess, behind Mahomes when we think about him, right? And you know, of the new guard, right? right like you got right. the Rogers, Brady, but the young guys coming up, right? The right. the new guard, and that's Mahomes, and you know, and Allen, Allen, such a weapon with his legs, right? Like the fact that that he's so big and strong, the fact that he can move so well. I mean, you know, that that's that's it. You know, he's smart about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like the one thing about him is. He doesn't take a lot. Like while he's big and strong, he doesn't take a lot of hits. Right. You know, usually guys like that who are who are big. You know, I go back to the days of Steve McNair. He would try to just run linebackers over. Big Ben when he was a little bit younger, when he would run, he tried oh, to run right into on. guys. You know, you're right and on. Cam Newton would do that Absolutely. all the time. Superman. And Good everything. point. Just yeah. Go right into the scrum. And those guys would end up breaking down. Ben, not so much. I think at a certain point he stopped running. But at a certain point, it happened to Cam and it happened to Steve McNair and Josh Allen. To your point, because yeah. is smart about not getting hit. And it just it, and the, the scary part about it is he's not even in his prime yet. He's not I even know. there. I know it's amazing. You know, you know it's funny. Um, the tale of two quarterbacks, right? So if you look at his comp physically, who do you think he reminds you of right now in the league? Physically, same kind of background, same build, coming from a smaller program. He reminds you of Wentz, right? Yeah. He, Wentz could Wentz when Wentz came into the onto the scene, Wentz could move. Absolutely. Yep. Right. Like he big, strong, has a big arm. Mm-hmm. That I mean, it's it, it, the, the comps are amazing. Great, really, really good athlete. But Wentz, to your point about Steve McNair, whom I loved, one of my favorite guys. Same. Right, I mean, just I got a chance to see Steve at Alcorn State oh, and do imagine. a big, big story on him back then. I loved, it, loved him. I just, and he was one of the greatest people you'd ever want to meet. And it's just sad. Anyway, he was 
he was so big, so strong, and and all thing. And Wentz, same as Josh Allen, but Wentz played Superman the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. Wentz and Wentz has never been right. And when he got that concussion uh, against Seattle, if you remember in the playoff game, he got he wants to do cheap shot at him, took a shot at him on it. Uh, oh man. I'll think of it. I remember the play. I don't remember the player, but I remember the player. Yeah. Uh, great player. Uh, but anyway, took a cheap shot on him. And he hasn't been right since. Now, I could I could actually say he really hasn't been himself since he got hurt against yeah. the Rams. That Ram game when he dove for the end zone. Right. Yes. And it was a weird circumstance, right? Because, you know, he messes, he messes his whole leg up. Falls, you mentioned, goes on to win the Super Bowl. And I think it messed with him. And he was never the same. He finally had some success. uh, And then in the play, gets the Eagles to the playoffs and then suffers a concussion. And he really hasn't been right since. No. And, you know, that's the difference. The tale of two quarterbacks where Allen was smart. Allen protects himself. And Allen just keeps getting better and better and better and better. And Wentz, obviously... Went the other way to the point where Chris Ballard in Indianapolis is. I I, I, I think I've got to go somewhere else. <laughs> and the more Can they even go somewhere else with what they've given up to get him to, like I don't. No, nah, they can't. They they don't they don't have anything really. They're they're stuck with Wentz at this point. They are, and I think the tact is Wentz. One of the issues with Wentz too is he, he very bratty, mm-hmm. right? Right. And this was uh, hey, well, yeah. For the all first the reports time, out of Philadelphia about how he kind of acts in that locker room that. Some of them got brushed away, but there were others about like just how he's kind of held himself. You can't be high maintenance and be average. You know, if you're going to be high maintenance, yeah. you better be great. If you, if you can be Aaron Rodgers, you can be prickly if you're going to be the best player in the league. I agree. You can't act yeah. that way if you're yeah. going to be inconsistent and not play yeah. well. Yes, you're 100%. 100%. I, you know, I don't know if you saw what Jim Irsay said. You know uh, about you know moving forward, and he says he he didn't place blame on Carson Wentz. It's an organizational issue. I guess he chewed out. Uh, the general manager um, uh, and, and Frank yeah. Reich after the season, but I don't know what they did wrong. Carson Wentz is a guy missing wide open receivers. What do you want them to do? Was exactly. this the same video where he was on the tarmac in where was that in Las Vegas? Jim Irsay? Yeah, there was like some video he posted where he's like all chips are in. Oh, that was a little, yeah. That led up to he after that okay. he did a subsequent interview, like a sit down interview after that. The yeah. optics of that doing that from the tarmac when you're in Vegas, even knowing you're an owner and you get to jet set and all that was just. Kind of baffling. Well, wow, that's that's kind yeah. of on brand for Ursay though yeah. too. So, yeah. By the way, my man Nikki reminds me it's Jadavian Clowney. Oh, was Clowney the, yeah. was the guy who gave the hit. Wow, that's a name on, I haven't heard on, on on Wednesday. Clowney was was going to be just a star. Anyway, Josh Allen, man, what he's done and what is with his arm and and they, that offense. Brian Dable's done such a great job. Like. Well, all these offensive dudes that the, you know, it's amazing. All these offensive dudes that these owners, you know, kill themselves to go higher. Somebody hasn't made that, and I guess they will this year, but somebody has not made that big drop dead off for the table, who to me deserves it more than anybody offensively. And this yeah. is a guy who got passed over last cycle, too. He was in, he was being interviewed, I believe. The Chargers interviewed him, I know. Yes. And I know, I, I mean, I don't think the Lions ever interviewed him. I know we profiled him. Uh, for the Lions podcast, but that was a name that was starting to float around last year too. So I'm kind of curious, you know. I think we've kind of we we wonder about this each year with a guy like say Eric Bieniemy. It's like why isn't 
he getting more looks, but I feel like for certain coordinators out there, you have a you have a shelf life. You only get so many years before, you know, they start moving on to the next shiny thing. And I wonder, you know, I think this if if Dable doesn't get an offer this year, I wonder if he'll be around for consideration for year three. Dude, I, I don't I don't get it, honestly. Um, no, he's been fantastic for Buffalo. Like McDermott is an is a defense he comes from the defensive side of the ball. Sean is a an a terrific coach, man. I, I've known Sean and I love the family, you know, we're very close to the family. But he uh you know, what Dable's done is amazing. I mean, tr- truly amazing. I, I don't I don't understand yeah. it. I don't understand like I look at like I brought up Todd Bowles, who I love and Todd I don't understand why he wouldn't get another job. But mm-hmm. how about the, it's my my boy Spags in Kansas City, right? Yeah. All he does, like this year when the, when the Kansas City, you know that that powerhouse offense, people go, "Wow, how hard is the coach of Kansas City?" Well, you get about thirty four percent of the cap on your side of the ball, right? Allotted to you. You you know, and then the, when the offense struggles, like you know, he he his defense played. Really well and carried helped carry them for stretches this this year. He did a great job last year or two years ago getting them over the hump. And his only chance was in St. Louis when then the owner had one foot out of St. Louis and the other foot in L.A. Yeah, and that roster was awful at the time. Awful. You wonder why how some guys will get you know a second bite at the apple and why for whatever reason others don't. You know, why uh, Marinelli had one shot in Detroit, never had a sniff of a head coaching job again. Spags is another one that you mentioned, and I'm sure there's a few others as well. Uh, oh, keeping it in Detroit, Jim Schwartz, although his star dimmed pretty quick after that. But yeah, there was a moment where it looked like he was going to get another head coaching job. You got to get the coin toss right. Well, <laughs> there's that. That's probably why Morningweg didn't get another shot. No Lions coach since, I think, 57 has gotten another head coaching job after coaching the Lions. So more reason for Dan Campbell to keep coaching hard up there. Yeah, hey, go ahead, Danny. <laughs> bite, bite off all the kneecaps you can there, brother. <laughs> uh, now, I, awesome. I do know, like, Jim Caldwell is becoming a name that is more and more I like good. Too. I love Jim. Yeah, no, and I think, I, I know he's been tied a lot to Jacksonville right now, and he, I believe he has some ties with Daryl Bevel. I, I forget if they've worked together or not, because I know Bevel was an offensive coordinator. I think he was under Patricia, though, in Detroit. Okay. But, I mean, yeah, to your point, like, we, we were talking about Matthew Stafford last segment. Like, Jim Caldwell is one of those guys who is considered a QB whisperer and really found the right I, – I mean, when me and Figgy were talking, uh, and we were using this – I was using this term yin and yang. There's like a yin and yang to Stafford. You don't want him to be too conservative at the same time. You don't want him throwing 50 times a game. And Jim Caldwell found, you know, that, that – nice balance with him and he worked with Peyton Manning before like he did it with Joe Flacco yeah Joe I, went, you know that the year the, the Ravens won the Super Bowl you realize uh, know. the offensive yep. coordinator was Cam Cameron he mm-hmm. got let go in like week 15 Jim yep. Caldwell was the quarterback's coach he got elevated to offensive coordinator and, and Joe Flacco had one of the best postseasons a quarterback has ever had and one of the best years I've ever seen single year I've seen from a quarterback so you you tell me Jim Caldwell wouldn't be attractive to Jacksonville you've got a young hyper talented quarterback at a very vulnerable time in his career where he gets drafted by one coach one regime who's out the door after a year and you're gonna you you should bring bring in jim caldwell and he can guide trevor lawrence very very well becoming a very good pro quarterback listen i'm a big caldwell fan i agree with you in fact i wanted doug peterson to go 
get him to be to run his offense because he was out there at the time. Yeah, why to, go after coordinator? Yeah, but why go after uh, Jim Caldwell when you can get Heinz Ward, who's not even a coach at Florida Atlantic? He's a special <laughs> a assistant. He was a high school to the coach, coach, I think. Yeah, you know Josh McCown, right? Like Josh what, McCown. Josh McCown blows my mind there, and, now, and then I've seen the reports that I, I saw this from Pro Football Talk. I think it was from Mike Florio that. The Texans are hoping to make it seem more sane. They're hoping other teams interview Josh McCown, but why would other teams interview Josh McCown? I don't. Yeah, it's, don't. it's funny. They want to do it for validation. Right. Like, wait, what? Wait, yeah. The not, validation. This isn't high school. What are we doing here? He's the, uh, Gary, I can all guarantee he's on nobody else's radar but right. you guys. Is that insane? That's just insane. But you know what? It's par for the course for Houston. It tells you how poorly run they are. It's the truth. It's absolutely the truth. If I was Brian Flores, I would I would run as fast as I could. It's, I'd rather be a D coordinator somewhere else than take that job right it's now. It's kind of honest. amazing oh, the success yeah, Houston's had in those years where it had success. Because even back then, it wasn't very stable of an organization. It kind of, with the talent, had succeeded in spite of itself. And now it's... Who was the quarterback pre-Deshaun? Was it Schaub? Or no, I mean, no, there well, was yeah, Matt Schaub was, yeah, that's but right, I think Matt there Schaub. was There was a bridge there. Yeah. They had a couple of guys there that they rotated. And they know, Brian Hoyer was in there. Hoyer, yeah. that's right. I think, didn't McCown do a stint down there too, or was he just? I don't know if he ever actually Chicago. played any games, but I think he may have been on the roster for a little but bit. But they had, backup. but they had like, they were making playoffs. Oh, yeah. Under Bill O'Brien, they were they were winning 10 games a year. Most of the years they were making defense, yeah. They never won any Who playoff Who was the games. running back that, that was good? He was good. The one running back they had. Uh, Arian Foster. Yes, Arian Foster. Like, wow, they've had fantastic name. players, J.J. Watt. They've had Andre fantastic Johnson. players. Yeah, Andre Johnson was a great player, yeah. It's just every time some tor- turmoil has happened, like even before Bill O'Brien, you look at the records of their coaches, and it was never great, and it's just a matter mm-hmm. of once there's turmoil that comes down, once you lose a head coach or a general manager, it's just chaos to figure out that organization. And yeah. it's... It's looking real bad right now. And, and, uh, and that's why going inexperienced makes no sense to me. Before, Especially when you might not have Watson. It sounds like they're not going to have Watson. Well, they, I think Nick Casario basically said that. that It's highly unlikely that Watson's ever going to play again for Houston. Uh, by the way, how's this a name for the past? You talk about the quarterback before Deshaun Watson? Brock Osweiler. Yeah. Wow. That's who I was, think, that's that? I was that. thinking of. As bad as he was, they still Brock found Osweiler. ways to he make was, it to the he playoffs. Was, he played in a playoff. Yeah, he, he played in a playoff game. He did. That's unbelievable. Brock Osweiler. Wow. Brock Lobster. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. We'll uh, take quick to you. Come right back because there's just a plethora of incredible conversations uh, to dive into. We're the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 
21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, 730 uh, in the East. Going back to it. It's uh, f- coming up on 430, bottom of the hour in the West on a divisional Saturday. Kind of going through it all. Man, the Texans, they're just, uh, wow. You just didn't even understand it. What, what do you guys, when you look at the Deshaun Watson stuff, it's still an amazing story that he just didn't play. You yeah. know, and you know it's funny we play the snippets on uh, some of the stations for uh, from of our shows and listen to the Odd Couple, Chris and Rob, two buddies of mine that we used to work together in New York as writers, and you know they just they discuss the same thing. Like, what in the world? is going to happen with him and he still is still still not clear what's going on you know with the legal situation well he has to have his deposition i guess was supposed to happen uh sometime with, within the next couple of months right i think yes. the timeline we all heard was february march ish yeah uh, as of last as of late last year and at that point in time look if, if everything comes back and it's it's the all clear then I don't know what would stop certain teams if Miami is still interested or somewhere or other franchises are still interested for trading for him. Because then, outside of I guess you at least uh, lose some of the the public opinion PR. Uh, but I mean, if legally he's not held responsible for anything, and civilly I guess things go away. Uh, why well, I guess you, why, I guess if why wouldn't you take a flyer on him? Yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, I think you know there would be a lot of I. I'm guess there'll be a lot of interest. Like I know the Eagles were interested. Like Howie Roseman loves Deshaun Watson, but you know I do know that the owner Jeffrey Lurie was very you know cautious and squeamish about the whole thing because of so many allegations, right? Right, and it's it's still going to be messy because you know I, I, who knows really what happened and. You know, it doesn't become if it's a, if there are civil suits. There's a lot of them, right? Right. And when you got that sheer number, I don't know what does that do. What does that mean? And you know, does it go beyond that? And there, are, you know, is, will there certain be criminal stuff come down the road? I mean, that's the thing you don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a, we've never seen that before. No, I just didn't play. It's the looks kind of like the moral compass thing. It's so, there's some parallels to Trevor Bauer to his situation. You know, uh, yes. with the Dodgers in Major League Baseball, if he uh, ends up, you know, not getting any criminal charges, you know, filed against him, and technically he's eligible to play, but you say I don't want to be associated with what he did, with somebody who did what he did. I mean, he's under contract, still has to get paid, and if there are other other teams who are willing to say, well, he wasn't criminally prosecuted, so we'll take him on our team. Like I'm, and I'm sure. Quite honestly, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are teams that will take take him. Yeah, and yeah, and, and, I hear you. and for someone as good as Deshaun, I mean Deshaun, we're talking, you know, one of the top oh, five players in the league, league. the top five yeah. quarterbacks in the league, easily. At a position where nobody's, you know, right. So many, so many teams just don't have. I mean, it's it's you know, it's funny that gets debated a lot, and it gets debated on. You know, we're talking about the sports radio and the, and the airwaves and. It's a place to come and debate and discuss these kinds of topics. And I'll tell you, in my town, as bad as it is quarterback-wise, and you saw it on display in the playoffs, but when we do these polls, you know, it's overwhelmingly against Deshaun Watson because of the all the allegations. And people go, I just don't want to, 
I don't want my quarterback with that kind of baggage. Yeah, they don't want to be that, associated with it. And, and, and so, so they now again, we're talking about a fan base, right? Right. And, but we're, but it's so interesting because normally the fan sides with whoever the t- makes the team better, right? Yeah. And they they overlook transgressions, but in this case, the opposite, and they cleave to Hurts. That's they, like they still love Hurts. So wait, as you think, so does the 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 Philadelphia fan base like embraces Jalen Hurts? Are they comfortable with him being the guy? Dude, I, it's it's nuts. That's weird to me. If that's the case, yeah. Are they watching something that I'm not? No, it's it's strange. Now it's 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 actually gone down a little bit. But if I go and I'm critical of of Jalen, you know, people get mad. Really. Yeah, they get mad. I mean, look, a, he's a nice guy, and he's uh, you know, he's very uh, accountable, and takes responsibility, and on all that. I mean, he he has the demeanor and the attitude, right. All of that that you would want from your quarterback, except he can't throw the ball. He well, can't it's pass funny because the ball. I say the same thing, and I go, and even when I'm critical of him, oh, throughout the you know throughout the year, because I, I didn't like the pick. I, right, I, I thought the pick was ridiculous, but whatever. Especially when you actually had a quarterback back then. Yeah. But, you know, so when I've, I've been critical, I always, you know, put a caveat. Wow, well, you know, he's a great kid. You love him and you wish you could put his demeanor and his head on Wentz's body. Right. Right? Like, you know, or, or do some transplant, get Wentz's arm, put it on Jalen's body, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I always caveat, you know, get, throw the caveats out there. But, you know, because I find the same thing. I like him. Like, he's a rootable dude, right? So it's, you know, you, you really want him to be good. But the problem is, he's just not. And in yeah. that position, so you look at Watson, you go, oh, my God. You know, he's such, he's a legitimately top five quarterback in a league where there's no quarterbacks. There's like nine of them. Right. But I, you know, can you afford to make a move like? First of all, I made, I made total sense as to why nobody would make that move during last season because there was just too much uncertainty and the price tag was just too high, and rightfully so if you're Houston, um, you're not giving. But you're not going to give up a couple, multiple number one picks for a guy who you don't even who might you might get one season out of, and then who knows what happens after that. You know, coming into this season, it's a little more questionable. So. Uh, it depends on how desperate the teams are, but I do know there's just you know the days of not caring what the you know suit up, play football on Sunday, and what you do during the rest of the week doesn't matter. Those days don't exist anymore. So yeah. it's, it's, it's the total package now. So right. you know, so that 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 can't be discounted. And so part of me says good on the Eagle fans for for feeling that way because there's a responsibility you have at the quarterback position to conduct yourself in a certain light in a certain way, uh, Monday through Sunday. So I, I totally understand why they wouldn't want him, even if they feel that he would be, obviously be an upgrade. It would instantly vault them to, you know, maybe even be favorites in the NFC East. Who knows? So I, I want you to do me a favor. Hit this with trending, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on you and the Raiders and what happens with their quarterback situation. All right. And would Deshaun be a fit there? Okay, well, uh, we'll start with some NBA action from Friday night. There was plenty of it. The final game on the slate came down to the wire. Steph Curry hitting the game-winning jumper at the buzzer, leading the Warriors to a 105-100 to 
to 103 victory over the Rockets. Memphis outlasted Denver 122 to 118. John Morant with 38 points in that one. Milwaukee held off Chicago 94 to 90, despite 35 points from DeMar DeRozan. Atlanta defeated Miami. Utah over Detroit. Wins for Toronto, Brooklyn, and Charlotte. Lakers defeated Orlando, while the Clippers came back from 24 down to beat Anthony Sixers in Philadelphia. College Hoops, Maryland upset number 17, Illinois, while Michigan State defeated Wisconsin, snapping the Badgers' seven-game win streak. In the NFL, Titans running back Derrick Henry is expected to start against the Bengals today. 49ers defensive end Nick Bosa, clear concussion protocols. He will play against the Packers tonight as well. The Ravens parted ways with defensive coordinator Don Martindale, while the Panthers are expected to hire former Giants coach Ben McAdoo as their offensive coordinators. Back to the Pelicans. Ben McAdoo. Yeah. Forgot about that guy, right? Oh, God. He was horrible. Oh, my. We're the fellas. That's right. Oh, my. Ben McAdoo. Imagine being Joe Brady. You replaced me with that guy? Really? Really? Oh, man. Hey, by the way, did you see uh, you brought up the uh, the Sixers blowing that lead? Yeah. Which is not the first time that Doc Rivers has blown a 20-point lead? There's a video vault. Of uh, of blown leads, uh, multi- twenty point leads, three one playoff leads, you name it, attached to Doc Rivers' name. Yeah, and since he's gotten to the Sixers, he he blew uh, t- two big leads in the, that series against Atlanta. Atlanta. Yep, they're an overwhelming favorite, and they lose inexplicably. So he blows the lead last night, takes him beat out way too early. Uh did you catch his press conference? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I saw the soundbite. So my man fixes himself to to scold the reporter. We have the sound here. If you oh, want good. It. Yeah, yeah. You let's, got let's, it, Chris. Let's get it. Yeah, yeah. We got it up here. Yeah, let's take a listen. What what part of this loss would you attribute to Coach? I don't know. Um, would you ask Pop that question? No, you wouldn't. So don't ask me that question. I burned that. How about that? How about that? How about the stones on Doc? Uh, I mean, I, I think it takes a certain level of stones to ask a coach if coaching is the reason why a team lost too. But I mean, he's also just doing his job. But I mean, yeah, no such thing as a stupid question when it comes to reporting. But I mean, you might have a point. I mean, Doc, Doc says you've earned, he's earned it. You know, would you ask Pop? Well, no, because Pop hasn't. Pop has won multiple championships and has not blown multiple three-one leads in the playoffs and. Yeah, I yeah, think the it's, a qu- it's is... quite a different level. You but know? you get right. such a good quote out of Pop if you did ask it. I think my answer would be yes. I would ask that question just to, to hear what he would say. Just, just, to, just to get, just to get that. That that would make for a hell of a quote. So it can stare a hole through you. Yes. Well, the beauty is like you could say that. You know, well, you know what, Doc, you have really earned it. Yes, the answer is you're right. You have earned it because you've blown multiple 20-point leads, including three times in the playoffs. Yep. Like, you know, listen, it's one of the reasons why I detested being a reporter, right? And and how many times, and I was a young reporter, and I remember, you know, getting scolded by Bobby Knight and oh, I can you know, Bill Parcells and all these dudes, right? And they just belittle you with like with after asking them legitimate questions, and they try to you know they stare you down like yo dude, like what are you going to do? You're going to hit me? Yeah, they try to intimidate you, right? Like all right, go ahead, dude. Like you know, yeah, I got a lawyer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on, seriously? It's, it's been a whole thing with uh, coaches and players and reporters this over the last 48 hours. What, you had Drasido from the Oil, uh, the Oilers uh, going back yeah. and forth through a reporter. Dry Sidle, that's right. Dry, yeah, You're dry, right. You, what was going on with Penny? Penny with Hardaway? The, yeah. 
He, yeah, he felt petty. that his Memphis team was being wrongly criticized for uh, not living up to that. I think they're 500 or maybe even 8-9 and nine, uh, because they've had some injuries and they have a really young team. And he felt that he, uh, they've been unfairly uh, covered and criticized this season for their performance. And Penny was basically saying, you guys are criticizing us and we don't even have our full complement, our full roster. You know what we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Stop asking me, you know, dumb bleeping questions. Stop disrespecting me, bro, I think. Was yeah, the key yeah, one yeah. For me. Stop, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard a head, a head coach at any level say, stop disrespecting me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because when you get former players who are coaching, mm-hmm. it's a different beast, right? Because right. they're going, they still have that, you know, competitive gene where, like, what are you, what? Like, yeah. what are you talking about, man? Like, you know. It is, and I hear it's funny, man, because I saw that panty stuff, and I'm going, "Wow, he's feeling it." And listen, Memphis is a terrific college basketball town, and and yeah. you know, you know that's that that's a big deal. Yeah, they've had ball. high expectations there. He had the, did he have the number one recruiting class two years ago or something like yeah. that? Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and they have not lived up to what the expectations were. Yeah, it's it's wild, man. He's, I think he was watching blue chips, man. <laughs> yeah, maybe. He said, Maybe Pete I should suit up and get Pete out there. Bell. Yeah. <laughs> See if I have any eligibility left. When Pete Bell starts ripping the media, it starts it starts going <laughs> off early. Early. <laughs> what kind of horse people yeah. question is that? Yeah, that's a, you know, being on this side, you know, hosting on the radio, I love it. So, by all means. Yeah. Writers yeah. keep going after him and the coaches, players keep keep going right back. I'll take it. Yeah, no, it, it it's funny, but you know, like seriously, like where do these half these dudes it, it it's amazing the height and arrogance, yeah. you know, of of some of the coaches. Like, dude, you're, you're a basketball coach. Chill out, yeah. all right. And it's a you're fair not, question. It is like you've blown leads, and is is coaching been an issue with leads? That is it. He could have said he could have phrased it. Hey, man, you've blown a bunch of leads. Dude, what, what it gives? You yeah. know, like, what's your mindset here? What are you going to do to fix the fact that you blow 20-point leads on the regular? Because, yeah. like, yeah. you could come at it, you know, like that, and then you go, all right, Doc, what do you got to say about yeah. that, man? This seems to be a long-standing issue of you guys blowing uh, multiple double-digit leads going back to last season uh, in the Atlanta series. Uh, so what do you attribute that to? And he says he's earned it, it, but at the same time, like, on the flip side, Doc's been around the block here for a while. He's got he's probably gotten these questions a lot. I just don't understand why he hasn't I I, I don't know, developed developed the kind of thicker skin. Thick, thicker skin, but also the ability to just either brush these things off or play them off or just you know you're going to get these questions. I don't I don't understand like maybe it's just a it's just a well, it's you, a tough moment it just kind of comes out or something, but still it's just you know, yeah, as you say, this is kind of a moment where a bunch of coaches have kind of been blowing up. He might not even know it like consciously. It could be in his right. subconscious, but he knows that it's true. He knows right. he's blown all these leads, and he yeah. knows that he has a, a bit of a reputation and that, that it's followed him from the Clippers to where he is now. Yeah. You know, so he, yeah. he, he, and so that's why he gets testy about it. Yes. Because he knows that's what, that's what the narrative is being built uh, against him. And it's true. Yeah. You can't it run true. from it. Yeah. And you're right. You, when you strike a chord, you strike a chord, right? Like yep. that's where that, that clearly is what's going on with him. Wow. All right. Well, we got to take a quick to. We'll get back to the football straight ahead, where the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio.
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, welcome back, fellas. Hanging out. Divisional round weekend. Hey, let's let's kind of get into the, some of the games and start to kind of look at some of the storylines. And I, I'd like to start Tennessee and Cincinnati's Tennessee being overlooked because it feels like. Listen, I you know the Bengals are a fun team, right? You know Barrow and Chase, and they're just high powered. You got Mixon. The offense is ridiculous. And it feels like, you know, because there's a lot of Bengals love out there. They're the sexy team. But it feels like the Titans are being uh, kind of taken for granted. And I think that I think Tennessee's dangerous in this game. And I I, I think they I think they win it and kind of win it handily. You know, uh, it reminds me of, you know, those epic uh, Colts Patriots back in the day when you had, you know, Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison and all those guys flying around. Versus the Patriots, who are just very workmanlike and not flashy. And for the majority of the times when they played in the playoffs, that Patriot defense beat them up pretty serious. And yes. this Titan team, and maybe there's a Mike Vrabel connection with that, I don't know. But just the way that they yeah, play, the way that they that. win, it's not pretty. Uh, sometimes it's hard to put your finger on. You don't really understand it. But whatever they do, they do it well enough to find ways to win games. And so... I kind of just have that vibe. Outside of any sort of technical, and obviously having Derrick Henry back is going to help, and some uh, the, the Bengals being banged up on their offensive line, Oak and Joby being out, it doesn't help them. But it's just a vibe. It's one of those feelings. I feel like this is just uh, not necessarily the best matchup. And by the way, they have experience. A lot of guys on this Titan team were in the AFC Championship game a couple of years ago. These young Bengals, I don't know if they have, outside of last week, anybody on this roster with any meaningful playoff experience. So I think that might mean something, too. And, and the Bengals, historically, don't win playoff games on the road. So there's also there's a lot working against them. There's also the matter that, as, as dynamic and high-powered as they are, they've been able to mask themselves pretty well when it comes to, you, you mentioned a little bit with the injuries, how bad that offensive line has been. They've ha- They've been pressured a lot. Joe Burrow has to really get the ball out very quickly, and he's been able to do that. But he's still, you know, been sacked a lot. He's been pressured a lot. I think and he got sacked more than anybody else in the entire More than anyone year. else, and that was, yeah. you know, their question even going into the draft when mm-hmm. they took Jamar Chase was, are they going to take Panay Sewell? Are they going to short yep. the offensive line? And, like, they've been able to kind of mask that very well, but this is, as you say, it's a good Titans defense that they're going to be going up against if they can rush them. And they can really make life difficult. And for the Titans, you, know, you mentioned Derrick Henry's going to be back. He's getting activated for this game. But I don't like how much are we really going to actually see Derrick Henry? He hasn't played since, uh, I think, what was it? Like middle of October? It was week eight or week nine, I believe. Week eight or like so. So he's, he's missed a good chunk of the year. So I'm curious. And he was yeah, but- such a playmaker for them. He's such a such a giant piece they've just been missing. I mean, they've gotten by pretty well without him, but... He's a guy who you're going to need everything from in this playoff game, too. Yeah, I, I I hear you, but I do think I think it works out. I I think that you know they did they were able to, to still get the number one seed overall, which I think said something. I think Figgy mentioned Vrabel, and I I still have that Monday night. You guys remember this Monday night Rams game, right? Where he completely dismantled Stafford. He messed with Stafford. He had all that A-gap pressure, 
right? Like they just went up and down the field. They, they, it, it, Stafford didn't know what to do. And they had to, they had a couple they, defensive touchdown. They stopped them. I think Vrabel's a brilliant defensive coach. And I look at I think he'll take advantage of that Cincinnati line. Yeah, if they can do and, with even a fraction of what they did to the Rams against the Bengals, the Bengals are in trouble. Yeah. I think it's a I think it's a double digit type of win for Tennessee. I think Tennessee and look, I you know, again, I'm like, like we're like everybody else, right? Like I look at watching Barrow and Jamar Chase and Boyd, right? They're like a blast to watch. I mean, my Higgins Right, they mix in. They 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 just are fun to watch, but I just think the matchup. Plus, the other thing too is Tannehill will hurt you because he can move, yes. and especially when you got you know Henry back, just even to help you know put guys in the box because then and then you're gonna have Julio back. So you got a you got AJ Brown who missed a chunk of time, who's a, who's a stud, right? And then you got and you're gonna have Julio back. Yeah. So. And I haven't been Tannehill's biggest fan. We've talked about it on the show. But there were times this year after Derrick Henry went out when he made some big throws to win them games. Against the Saints, uh, had a late touchdown there to help them win that game. He He's come he's come through in the clutch when they've needed him at times this year. So, you know, maybe he's turned a bit of a corner from that standpoint too. Maybe, look, I don't know if he's going to have a game where he threw the ball. What was that game? Was it against the Ravens where he threw the ball like five times or something and they won in the yes. playoffs? I don't think it's going to yeah. be that bad. Yeah. Uh, but he's a guy that's shown that he can uh, he can make some big time throws for you, even if you know you're not running the ball at it. You know, five points, you know, five point yards a carry uh, clip. He can he can make plays through the air for you. So that's something he's he's no longer just a caretaker type quarterback. He's someone you have to account for. Yeah, no, listen, I feel the same way. I I always looked at him and was was kind of I always looked at him side eyed. Yeah, like, uh, you know, I was like, like, it was all right. Even when he was in Miami, he was okay. He wasn't, wasn't terrible. He wasn't great. Right, he was, he was kind right. of there. He's there. But like, if I, I was always under the impression, like I, I would prefer an upgrade. Yeah, right. Like I, I if you, if you know, were talking about what quarterbacks and where to go, I always wanted an upgrade from Daniel. Right. But guess what? I mean, he's done. He's carved out a, a and he'll make throw. He's got. He's athletic. Yeah, former he'll receiver. Move. You know, and he'll make throws. I was always worried last year because he racked up a lot of turnover-worthy plays. But yeah, part of that was just trying to make those throws, and he's made a lot of. He's connected on those this year, no doubt yeah. about it. And like again, he's one of those guys who can make plays with his feet too. He's just hard to shut down. Yeah, so I I look at it, and and you know, I, certainly in this matchup against Cincinnati, I always think they're undervalued. As yeah. a, uh, you know, especially when it comes to the, the spread, the points, the line. Because the Titans are favorite. What, what is the line? Is it five or something? Three like and that? a half. Three and a half. Yeah, I would. I'd, I'd give them a touchdown. I don't know if I say they won by double too. digits, but I give them a touchdown. Yeah, I feel you. All right, we're the fellas as we kind of go around the games. Awesome, right here, Fox. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy, happy divisional Saturday around the nation. A lot of fun. Four big games. Anytime we have playoff football, it's holiday-like. And it feels like a good holiday weekend. i tell you one, one thing. It's cold out in the east. It's going to be cold in Cincinnati today. It's going to be even colder in the Midwest. Cold tonight in Lambeau. The low, zero. It's going to be zero degrees. It's, uh, it's, it's the tundra. And, of course, it's Niners and Packers. That historical, the great historical matchup of the Niners and Packers. I uh, reminiscent of the, I guess it was Young and Favre, and uh, I covered the game. There was uh, that was the first time ever at Lambeau Field. Figgy was oh nice, yeah. It was Young Favre, and it was uh, it was a playoff game. And it, it, I'll never forget. I get to Lambeau early that morning. Same thing, freezing. And they they tried out the Packeronis. The Packeronis. <laughs> yes. Not so they had what? their cheese heads, right? Okay. You know the cheese heads. Yes. Well, then they come out with that before that playoff, the Packeroni, which was a yellow tube like playoff of pepperoni, and it was a <laughs> long it? yellow tube. Yes. I. Fu- foam tube that they would wave like you could you know it was like those sticks those whatever thunder like sticks those thunder sticks people would clap yeah. together right and it was the packaroni and they would call them the packaronis oh yeah. man Ugh. yes yeah. yes yes and i'll never forget because that was before but it was the first time it was ever in lambo and I remember getting there early and walking around going, this place is just Mecca. This place is unbelievable. It's just felt like football, right? I mean, it was amazing. You're walking around and, and you got these people outside and freaking out, you know, and it was, they're tailgating and it's, you know, it's unbelievable. Like, I just was in awe of, old, of Lambo. Has like an old school feel to it, right? Because aren't they, and I've, I've never been to Lambeau, but I, I hear that it's similar to like Wrigley. It's basically just kind of plopped right in the middle of a neighborhood, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, Green Bay yeah. is not, you know, much to it's, begin with. It's not like it's a, a major it's, metropolitan city or anything. Right, like it's, right. It's a, it's a neighborhood. It's basically, it's a neighborhood itself. Right. But the the cool thing about Green Bay is, it's uh, first of all, it's beautiful, right? It's a beautiful, like, especially in the summertime because you have the you're right on mm-hmm. the water, right? So you have the lake right there. It's it's I mean you know amazing, like aesthetically, and then it's really small, and yeah, it's like being in, you know, one of those tiny kind of you know ta- like cities, like yeah. small small city, 
And uh, everything's named after the Packers, right? right. Favre Pass and uh-huh. Holmgren Way, Lombardi uh, Lane, Lombardi Drive, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. We uh, Jared Cook is a tight end for the Chargers, but he played for the Packers a few years ago, and so we had him on our local show uh, about me two, two, three months ago. And we asked him, "Hey, you played in Green Bay. You know what is it? What are there? What's there to do? What do you do to have fun out there in Green Bay on like an off day?" <laughs> he told us like, he he would look forward to going to Walmart. Because yeah. in, he said, like, you hope it would snow so you could take the kids outside and maybe make some snow angels or snowmen. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, no, no, there is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a strange, it's straight. It is. There's nothing to do. Yeah, I and mean, it's not really close to anything. People say like, oh, like Milwaukee. Milwaukee's like a no. couple of hours away. Like, yeah, three not, hours. Yeah, like, it's not like close to Milwaukee. Hours. No, and, and it's, it's, it's night and day, like that whole area. I used to have one of my best friends. For a kid I grew up in South Philly, right? Yeah. Moved to Appleton, Wisconsin, hmm. which is 35 minutes from Green Bay, right. right? Like, and up in the tundra. Okay. And I would go see him. I mean, I used to, I lived in Chicago for a while, so I used to always, I would always go take a ride and go see him. And I used to go visit him every, I mean, up until he moved back home a few years ago, I would go see him, you know, a couple times a year. And it was like amazing because there was it was not, I mean there's nothing to do I mean it's a in the winter it's a it's a tough place because it's just the cold is it's it's not human the cold yeah. like you're Numbs not supposed your bones yeah right like listen I grew up in, in the Mid Atlantic yeah. state you know what I mean like you know the Eastern Seaboard it, it's cold but it's not it's you don't get. Midwest, Minneapolis, Chicago, you know, Sh- snow, kind yeah. of cold. Right. Oh, that, I grew up in that in Toledo. Oh, that, that was. Oh, yeah, yeah that's sure. nasty. Yeah, I that's couldn't nasty. imagine. But it's got you. But you got to see it. Like, yeah, you like you don't want to spend a week there. But you, <laughs> you, you would love to spend. You would go love to go visit. The people are the nicest people in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, some of the greatest people I ever met. Those people are amazing. So nice. But it's uh it's a, such a cool place. Yeah. Like it feels like football. It's, There's certain places that around the league that feel it, and and that's you know the Cleveland, Pittsburgh, you know those those incredible you know Cincinnati's a good for for the, for the having to deal with the Bengals. That's a really good football town, you know. And and but that Green Bay man, and when you have Niners Packers. And that place in the backdrop, like that's a great theater. That's amazing. The all the the good games they had back in the day. You know, you mentioned the the game that they played in Green Bay, which I'm pretty sure the Packers won. And then you fast forward a year or two when they were in San Francisco. Remember T.O. and he dropped all those passes, yes. and they yes. ended up catching the game winner at the end, and he was crying. Yeah, you know? yeah, T.O. T.O. Wow, that's awesome. That was a that was a great moment, man. Yep. Like that was enough. Yeah, but and, and it's true. They were the man. The, the history that you just never. It, it was so cool. Like it just, it just felt like it. And you had Favre, and now you know now you got Rogers. How do you look at tonight? Because I, when I look at it, look, San Francisco is legitimate. Like this is not you know your typical wild card team in that sense. Like they have mm-hmm. a good running game. Is D- Debo? It's just ridiculous. Debo's amazing. Yeah. All right. My no, go on. No, you go for it. I was just going to say that the problem with the 49ers, um, uh, I think uh, what Mike Lombardi calls it is like being able to play left handed. 
And what he means is if somebody takes away something that you do, that you're good at, do you have the ability to adjust and play a different way? And I don't know if San Francisco can. If Green Bay shuts them down on the ground like they did when they met, now granted that was week two or three or whatever it was, but basically if San Francisco cannot run the ball, I can't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. Even if Jimmy Garoppolo is 100% healthy, I don't know if I'd trust him to drop back and throw the ball 35, 40 times to beat a team. Now, especially with his hand and other health issues that he's having, if it turns in, if the Green Bay gets out to like a 10 nothing, 13, 17 nothing lead and San Francisco can't run the ball effectively, it's going to be a long day for them. And I, I don't know if I trust the defense. The defensive front for San Francisco is good if they're healthy. I know Bosa's playing. We'll see about Fred Warner. Uh, but their defensive backfield you know, can be picked apart by a quality quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. I just don't know if San Francisco can keep up offensively with the Packers, especially if the Packers can find a way to stymie their running game again. That's That would be my fear if I'm a 49er fan. Yeah, I agree. I, I think you're dead right. I think you nailed it. You, when, you look at, when you look at this Rodgers, right, because you, you know he's going to score. He's going to take advantage of that secondary. And he, and he he is I, he is the best you know we talk about goat mm-hmm. right and brady and the whole thing but he rogers really is the best i've ever seen yes. in that position best quarterback i've ever seen play when you were taking I, everything into account yeah his movement his arm talent he he's just so good and you know, I know we judge things by championships and Super Bowls which and I, all that stuff. Which I hate because it's a team game, but go on. I agree, I agree with you. And I was about to say the same thing. Yep. You know, it is a team game. And, you know, you can go back to those Super Bowls. You know, they beat Jake DeLone by a field goal, right? Oh, every Super Bowl with the exception of last year for Tom Brady has come down to the final possession. Yeah. Every single last Super Bowl he has ever played in has been a one-score game. Yeah. You know, they, they, you know, they beat, he beats Jake DeLone by field goal. And that, you know, and then there's circle, you know, he beats, now look, even his losses, you know, then he lost to the Giants the first time, David Tyree. He loses to the Giants the second time. Wes Welker drops the ball that granted was behind him, but Wes would have caught. You know, they're the Eagles, the first Eagles Super Bowl with the, when Spygate was still going, you know, rampant at that point in time. And I know Jim yeah. Johnson was, you know, felt some type of way about how that whole situation played out. The, the greatest show on turf. Last time I checked, Tom Brady didn't play defense. Yeah, he was okay in that game, but he wasn't spectacular. He, he was solid, you know. So, it, I don't want to take anything away from Tom Brady. I do think that he's great, but I always push back when people say that he's the greatest of all time because he's won seven championships. He's one of the greatest of all time. Uh, he's a phenomenal player, but I mean, if you're telling me that if Aaron Rodgers is, is there, that they're winning any less, yeah, maybe they win more. He won a decade without even getting to a super, without winning a Super Bowl. Tom Brady did. 10 years yeah. without winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, and I'll tell you this. And, and We keep and, saying this is the ultimate team sport, and we keep breaking it down to just quarterbacks. Right. It's some Something's right. got to give there. See, the problem is you need the quarterback to win. Right. But to but that's not enough. You, you're right. Like, you got like no, it's there's a been plenty of great – There's plenty of – ask Peyton Manning. There's been plenty of, like or, – or, uh, or Dan Marino. There's been plenty of fantastic quarterbacks throughout the years who just didn't have enough around them to get them over that hurdle at the end. Right. And not right. only, I mean, you can even look at games. Look at last year's NFC Championship game. Tom Brady threw three interceptions in the second half. Yes. Did they win that game because of him? Obviously right. not. 
Right. And there were other playoff games in the past when he was with the Patriots where Tom Brady did not play well, but the Patriots won because the defense helped them. Again, it's not to take credit away from him, but it's not like people would just act as if when the playoffs start, here's playoff Tom, and he just dominates everybody. Yeah, I, I think I think we get hung up too much on this like Jordan archetype sometime, and right. it's like that's not you can't really translate what Jordan did in the NBA to football because no matter what Tom Brady does, he can't play he can't play defense, he can't throw to himself, he can't right. he can't block for himself up front. He's he, he needs. He can't. He he's not writing the scheme. He's not doing all these other things. You have so much power in your hands as a basketball player that you just don't have as an individual football player. No matter how important your position is. And you, and you know what? I contend, uh, cause like that that second Super Bowl against the Eagles when you know Foles and those guys beat him. Yeah. I think that was the best Super Bowl that Tom Brady played, and he yeah. lost. And he lost. Yeah. Yeah. That was the best Super Bowl game that he's played in. Maybe save for the Atlanta comeback. You can give him that too. But just from start to finish, mistake-free for the most part, the strip sack I really don't blame him for at the very end. He was amazing in that game against the Eagles, but the defense couldn't get any stops and he lost. That loss was not Tom Brady's fault. But you know, it, but it gets saddled on his record. His yeah, record, I, not I, the Patriots. I, right. No, no, it's, I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly. I mean, he, he was. And, and look at the other thing. You, you, we mentioned these Super Bowls. You know, I mean, if 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 Daryl Bevel just runs the ball, yep. I, I mean, stop. That, I mean, that's a touchdown. The game's over. Seahawks win. Instead, you have that Malcolm Butler play. Like that's just ridiculous, right? Yeah. The the Shanahan just completely screws up the clock. Mm-hmm. Like if you just bleed some of the clock, they have no chance to come back. Yeah, they try to throw the ball as opposed to just running it and kicking a field goal and going up double digits. You know. The game is over. Now on the other side of it, there's Rodgers. Yeah, and he's got that buffoon Mike McCarthy. <laughs> it's unreal, yeah. right? Like we started the show talking about him. Yeah, he. Uh, all right, let, let's take quick to and let's c- kind of p- put a bow back. I'm going to hear you what you have to say. Yeah, uh, where the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Welcome back, fellas. Divisional weekend. Hey, Fig, real quick, I, I asked you because we're, we're talking about, you know, Rodgers, the, the greatest. Yeah. And uh, we're talking about quarterbacks. And earlier we talked about the state of Deshaun Watson. And you, being a Mr. Raider, have a quarterback who is suddenly available. It looks, it appears that way, in Derek Carr. Well, how do you kind of view the car situation? Well, I think it's up in the air at this point because it's really going to be dependent on whoever they hire as the general manager. And from everything that I understand, they're going to go old school with this. They're going to find a GM, 
hire the GM, and then the GM is going to be basically given the entire reins to the operation, and they will hire the coach and, and reshape the roster. So it's really going to be up to them as to whether or not Derek Carr uh, is a foundational piece uh, to the future. I've always liked him. Love will be a strong word, but I do like him, and I do think you can win with him if you have enough pieces around him. And look, they had so much attrition you know, this season is so many issues and injuries and Waller was out of the lineup for the majority. And, you know, Josh Jacobs didn't get healthy until the very end of the season. And at times Carr carried them. But then every now and then, and we see it every year, it's he has a boneheaded play, you know, not throwing the ball into the end zone on fourth down. Why wouldn't you do that? There was a game last season or maybe two seasons ago that I think they were playing the Chargers and it was a fourth down and goal with no time on the clock. And he threw the ball out of the back of the end zone as opposed to just trying to throw it up towards a teammate. Little things like that. They don't happen often, but they happen often enough for you to say, I, I don't know. If there's, if, there's a, if there's greener pastures somewhere, you got to keep an eye open. And that's why I think the rumor mill was always there when, when Gruden was there. You know, despite what he would say, every time Aaron Rodgers was available or every time Deshaun Watson was available or somebody else, you know, that the name was always connected to Las Vegas because, you know, there's always been questions as to how far Derek Carr can actually take you. So I guess this uh, leads me into this question, which is, would you take the shot with Deshaun right now? Because it's going to be, it's going still going to cost you. Like he's going to get paid, right? You know, I mean that's going to that's a real issue. He's going to get, you know, you're going to have to do significant investment into Carr. Do you do that or you go after Deshaun? No, at this point in time, I I think I'd rather keep Carr. It's it's safer and try to build around him. You know, like if you bring in a guy like Jim Harbaugh, who, by the way, went in and started winning with Alex Smith, who everybody labeled as a bust, you know. So I think if you have the right coach – and Derek Carr has a new coach every two years, it seems like, by the way. Talk about someone who has not had any stability in overcoming, you know, bad coaches and coaching changes and a bunch of different uh, issues happening around him. I would love to see what would happen with Derek if he had had the same coach for more than three seasons and could actually grow. And this year, I mean, you know, this was what, year three, year four for John Gruden. He was actually growing in the offense. And then they had all the issues, the Henry Ruggs and a a bunch of other things that kind of derailed what was a good season. And if you look at his final stat line, it was very good. He was in the upper echelon of passing yards and and a lot of other statistics. Uh, I I just think he just has to have uh, the right team around him. Uh, Look, in a perfect world, if Deshaun Watson was just disgruntled and wanted to get out, you know, if you go back to the Russell Wilson, remember Russell Wilson wants to be traded and the Raiders were on his short list initially last season, you would make that move. He's an elite quarterback. You would do it. But he didn't have any baggage attached to him. Deshaun Watson, at this moment in time, at the very least, who has too much baggage attached to him. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I hear you. And, you know, it's funny. My man, uh, Tasty Cake. Oh, who, Tasty Cake uh, Don. Yeah. Yeah. Tasty Cake Don uh, says, you know, he's he we're, he was objecting to our conversation about Rodgers being the best we've seen. Okay. And I, I, I again, I, like, I get the Brady thing, but, and he is, he's, but as far as truly just playing the position of quarterback in this day and age, because I, I, I don't know, I, I think you probably agree with me. There is a line of like almost a line of demarcation, right? There's a yeah. line where you go, "Hey, everything before 2000 and and Peyton, okay, we'll <laughs> yeah. call it 2000 and Peyton, right? Everything before that, you know, all due respect to Montana and Marino, who I love, and Elway and and Troy and these guys who are all amazing. 
the 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 game switches to even more importance of a quarterback. Yeah. The only reason I give love to Dan Marino in that situation is that he was putting up numbers then that still rival numbers now. Uh, and that's incredible. And that was back when you can beat receivers up at the line all the time. So that's what that's why I, I marvel at what Dan Marino was able to do in his era. But by the, talk about Aaron Rodgers and how amazing he's been. Do you know what his career touchdown to interception ratio is? What is it? He has 449 career touchdown passes, 93 interceptions. Wow. The last time he threw double-digit interceptions was 2010. He had 11. Since then, 6, 8, 6, 5, 8, 7, 6, 2, 4, 5. This season, 37 touchdown passes, 4 interceptions. There's, there's That's two, incredible. There's two things that Rodgers does that give that – I've been having this, this argument with Ricky during the breaks, too, who's very much Team Brady. But there's two things that Rodgers does that just – puts it over the edge for me one is that it's it's the scampers that just he he knows when something is breaking out he knows when he's about to get hit he knows exactly where to get out of bounds but also i've never seen another quarterback and it used to frustrate me to hell when i would watch him play the lions but you tell me another quarterback who catches teams trying to get set off it gets as many free plays as rogers does he seems to know exactly when a team's about to bite or catches them when they're trying to substitute players, and he just always gets those free plays. He just he has an awareness of the field that just if you're playing against him, it drives you insane. And you're like, should the rule book even allow this at this point? But <laughs> he knows how to manipulate it. He knows how to get get the most out of it. And you know, one thing I, one thing I'll give Brady credit for, and I guess knowing his physical limitations, you know, he's been one of the best at commanding the line of scrimmage and checking yeah. out of bad plays and into good plays uh, that are advantageous for the offense. You know, Aaron Rodgers can probably snap the ball and just do whatever he wants because he's just so physically talented. And I'm not saying that's what he does. I'm sure he reads the line and all that, too. Of course. But Brady's probably one of the best that I've seen, and maybe the best I've seen at controlling the line, getting to the line, and checking out of a bad play and putting the offense in the best position to succeed. So I will give Brady that. But physically, uh, it's not que- it's no question that Aaron Rodgers is better. And Aaron Rodgers is probably at least as good as Tom Brady is at checking at the line. But we, we brought something up about Mike McCarthy. You know, you can only overcome incompetence so much. You I know, know, I know. You know if Tom Brady, you know, if Tom Brady is in Green Bay, maybe they win a championship. Maybe I don't think so, but maybe right. But there, there, there's Aaron Rodgers is in in New England. Are you telling me they're going to have less success? Than they have with Tom. Dude, I, I, I listen. I completely agree with you. Yeah. I look at it and I think McCarthy just completely blew seasons, multiple like blew times. Seasons. I mean, go, go back to the year right after they win the Super Bowl and they roll through the league. Yeah, fifteen to one had, that year. Yeah, yeah, they had him. He was ill prepared in that game against the Giants. Yep. Ill prepared. I mean, some and and he forced the run game. He didn't play the Rodgers' talents. He's a horrific coach. Like the thing that's amazing to me is that somehow he snowed people into thinking he was a uh, this really good coach. And then you know he goes to Dallas and, and like you saw he gets completely gets exposed. I mean, last week you, the, that special teams play when they went for it on fourth down, the fake punt. And then they, they all the punting team runs up to the line of scrimmage like they're going to snap the ball again on first down, and the offense is confused and they're running on the field. They burned a timeout. I know a timeout they could have used on that final drive when Dak Prescott ran and slid and they ran out of time. It's, it's just everything we discussed earlier. But it's like it's everything we've always known about McCarthy. It's just he doesn't he 
struggles to understand the clock, struggles to un- to you know use the timeouts properly, struggles to manage these late game situations. You're the head coach. You don't even call plays. Kevin Moore is calling the plays. I it know. is literally your job to just manage the game, and he screws it up constantly. Like, how in the world can you possibly screw it up as bad as he's done? It's and the, it's unfathomable. I I never call for people's jobs. I don't like doing that. But I, I am surprised at the vote of confidence that Stephen and Jerry gave him, and that he's going to come back next year. Based well, he's on their guy. I mean, he's he's stuck with Jason Garrett for a long time too. I think well, we it, this, we, have, we have this like myth of Jerry Jones is like the cutthroat. I want to win, guy. I'm going to go out and get guys, and then. Every free agent period, he never. There's never a giant splash from the Cowboys. Every chance there is to get rid of a coach who's kind of really botched it up, he sticks with his guy. Yeah, because he knows he can control him. Everybody not named Parcells over the last twenty years has been somebody that he can easily manipulate, and that's why he I keeps know. him aboard. It's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, and if I was a Cowboy fan, Ricky, I'd be upset. I'd be really ticked off because there's too many years of this. We are. Rick, you, I, my, my condolences, buddy. That was tough, Ant. How how uh, how devastated were you? I was bummed out, and um, I, w- I was I was telling them earlier. Um, also, not surprised. Yeah, how could you be? You see, we've all seen this story. We well, know, we you know, know how this goes. Well, this is fascinating, right? Because I had a uh, I had a, a guy call up. A young cowboy fan, right? Actually, I'm sorry. I, I, I got the story mixed up. You know Tyrese Maxey? Yeah, for right? the Sixers. He plays yeah. Sixers, right? Yeah. And he's a great dude, right? So Tyrese is on. And Tyrese is from Dallas. Okay. And he's talking about being the cow, be, being a cowboy fan. And he said just what Ricky said, which is, well, we don't expect to win. We expect to get disappointed. Wow. And it's amazing that the, the Cowboys, Cowboys, right, the crazy. young Cowboy fan, when he thinks about his team, it's as a heartbreak team, not as a Super Bowl, you know, America's team. It's team heartbreak. I mean, you're, ma- it's like the Browns. You, you're, you're in the same territory where the Browns have been the last 30 years. Well, right? we just expect to lose. Isn't that amazing? That's unreal. I can't imagine a Yankee fan saying like, "Yeah, we we yeah, we're going to be disappointed again this year. We don't expect to win anything." It's incredible, Fig. Incredible. I, I it, it's sad to a degree, but I know that there is a lot of people who revel in it. <laughs> so, it's sad for some, but for everybody that's basically not a Cowboy fan, I'm, I'm sure they they eat this up and and they love every single second of it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, you especially. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Figure it is with some trend. All right, well, go to the NBA where the Warriors improved to 33 and 13. They notch a 105 to 103 win over Houston on Friday night. Steph Curry scoring 22 points, and he drained the game winning jumper at the buzzer. First buzzer beater at the end of a game in his career. James Harden a triple double while Kyrie Irving scored 24 for the Nets as they defeated San Antonio. Bucks over the Bulls 94 to 90. 38 points for John Morant as the Grizzlies defeated Denver. LeBron James 29 points 
lead the Lakers over Orlando. Clippers had seven players score in double figures as they came back from 24 down to defeat the 76ers. Wins for Utah, Portland, Charlotte, and Atlanta. In the NFL, 49ers defensive end Nick Bosa will play against Green Bay tonight after he cleared concussion protocols. Derrick Henry is expected to start for the Titans against the Bengals this afternoon. No Andrew Whitworth or Taylor Rapp for the Rams in Tampa Bay on Sunday. And former Giants head coach Ben McAdoo is expected to become the offensive coordinator for the Panthers. Big Ten college basketball victories for Maryland and Michigan State. Back to the fellas. I think, thanks, baby. We are the fellas. Divisional round weekend. (laughs) Man, the Cowboys, that's just unbelievable. I don't even know, like, Rick, like, when you look at Dak, what what do you what do you like? What do you think? Is it? Do you want a, a different head coach or a different quarterback? Like, what's going through your mind? Uh, Dak has a major talent, but there there are these these lapses. Like he he has clunkers in him, and you just as a Cowboy fan, you you just hope those clunkers don't come out and. Unfortunately, I was saying, you know, not surprised. I think we probably would have won that game if we had a, a competent coach. Um, but it's there's just like this lingering, lingering thing as a Cowboys fan. It's just there's something, something missing there. <laughs> Competency is missing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you do have a point about Dak because he's very inconsistent. And you know, I think back to the Denver game where he just was terrible for no reason whatsoever, was awful. Uh, the Cardinal game, also, his stat line at the end of the Cardinal game was okay, but if you actually watch the game, he was not good and missed a lot of open guys. He is just uh, very inconsistent. I still think you can win with him. I don't think Dak is the Cowboys' issue. Um, first of all, I think they, I think Zeke is, uh, is done. Yes. Uh, they need to either draft somebody else or give the give the reins to Tony Pollard and see what he can do. Because Zeke, obviously, he's not the same, and I don't think he's ever going to be the same uh, at this point in his career. So you need to cut bait there uh, for sure. But honestly, the, it stinks from the top. Maybe not necessarily Jerry Jones, but definitely when it comes to Mike McCarthy. I, I don't think you're going to make much noise or do a whole lot with Mike McCarthy as your head coach. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I do. I I agree. I, and you know, unfortunately for him, for you know Jerry Jones, I, I just it, it just becomes stubborn. And, and yeah. I don't know, Chris, you brought it up earlier. You're right. He winds up, you know, sticking with, with uh, the clapper, right? No, sticking with the, yeah. yeah the clapper. <laughs> For for way too long, like he was clueless. He was a horrible coach. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, man. But Jason Garrett iced his own kicker. I do remember that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was about four terrible. years ago or so. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it's I'm, just I I I know some owners are loyal to their guys, and that's what it is with with Jerry Jones. I just I just find it fascinating because it seems like our popular conception of Jerry Jones often sometimes flies against this reality. Like, even this week I heard people, like, seriously pondering, well, Jerry Jones could go and fire Mike McCarthy because he wants to keep Kellen Moore. He doesn't want to lose Kellen Moore to all these coach openings. I'm like, really? That that That's really? not Jerry. That's not the Jerry I know. Maybe that's yeah. the Jerry, how he carries himself. That's how the, the rest of the league 
sees him. They see him as the owner of the Cowboys and thus as this, I, I don't know, maybe people are confusing him with George Steinbrenner in their minds or something. Yeah, yeah you know what? It, it would be on brand for him to, you know, of the coordinators to keep, he would keep uh, he would keep Kellen Moore over Dan Quinn. I was going to say, took what one of the worst by... units, one of the worst units in the NFL the, on the defense last year into one of the best units this year. I, I would let go of McCarthy today and just uh, and just promote Dan Quinn. I, I, I mean, if they lose both of those coordinators and it's just Mike McCarthy there next year, like I don't think both uh, Moore and disaster. Quinn are getting a coaching job, but I could see at least one of them leaving. But if they lost both somehow, that oh, would be disaster. brutal. A complete disaster. If you're stuck with McCarthy, then he's got to go build it. He's terrible. Yeah. I mean, absolutely terrible. You, you, I just don't even understand that. I, I can't believe he lasted that long. I remember questioning, like, look, Mike Holmgren was a great coach. Mm-hmm. He was irascible, but what a great coach he was. You know, he goes to Seattle and builds them into a contender. Right. Right? This, you know, he, I, I think he was the beneficiary of, of what Holmgren left him. Well, And the I fact mean, that you have Rodgers. You, I was going to say, like, you look at the line here between why did Mike McCarthy get so long in Green Bay and now why is he going to last long in Dallas and the similarities between those two organizations. We're talking about the Packers, who until a few years ago did not like to spend money in free agency at all. They always they would re-sign their own guys, but they would stay in-house. They would never spend they would never spend splashes in free agency. They would always hold on to their own guys. They would always play it very conservative with how they ran their organization. And in it's the same deal in Dallas. It's just for some reason we think when we start talking about Jerry Jones in the media, we start thinking he's like George Steinbrenner or something. Well, no, he's a lot closer to those Packers. He's just conservative. He likes his own guys. He likes what he knows. He likes, as Figgy said, guys he can control at the same time too. And, you know, generally speaking, I, I don't mind a, an owner being patient you know, right. I think Zach Taylor had a good line right before the playoffs started. He says, you know, uh, I thank the Brown family for keeping me aboard because, you know, usually, you know, a- after having a, such a bad start my first couple of years, people like me get fired. Uh, right. But they had patience and stuck with me. And you can have patience with somebody if you see it's growing towards something, if the culture is being built. I understand that. What is Mike McCarthy doing? If any, yeah, that's, they might be regressing, to be I, honest I, with you. This is the Detroit and me speaking, but I like to think of it as the William Clay Ford line, mm-hmm. where it's like for the old the old man Ford kept you know Matt Millen way too long as the general manager when everyone knew he couldn't really do the job, but he didn't run a fire him because he's like, oh no, I like this guy, I don't really want to go through with this. I I like Matt as a person a lot, and it's like, but he's he's you he can't really do that job. Like, right. what what are you doing at this point? Uh, 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 real real quick, uh, Jason Garrett had some very uh, talented Cowboys teams. That offensive line uh, three or four years ago was amazing. And then, but the the problem is we need a, a coach with a little more fire. Like, if we had a coach with some fire over the past seven, eight years, uh, guarantee we'd have a, a ring. Uh, Wade Phillips' uh, energy didn't do it for you there, Ricky? Who's more fiery than old Wade? And I love Wade. Wade was a is a great guy, but I don't know if that's that's necessarily what's missing. But look, and there were some tough breaks. The Des Bryant game in Green Bay. Jason Garrett was a head coach for that, you know, and maybe that changes their fortunes. Well, and Romo was half a lump or two. Yeah, I loved Romo personally. I, I feel like I'm in the minority. I thought Romo was underrated uh, during his career because I listen, thought he covered listen, up I, a lot I of issues they had. You. 
Listen, I think you're right. I think he was a hell of a quarterback. I, I guys tell me in a league, you, you don't realize how good Romo is, and he is. Yeah. But he did have a propensity to come up, to tighten up in, in At those certain, moments. In certain moments, yes. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, I feel like he got that. He had that first Seattle uh, with the with the dropped extra point, and that kind of just followed him. And then he had the interception against the Giants when he was going for To. And I think I feel like those two mo- moments, for whatever reason, just kind of yeah. defined his yeah. postseason career. Yeah, and Rick, I'd say less, you know, less fire, more brains. <laughs> I think that's what yeah. you. I mean, I mean, let's forget Jason Garrett was in a, just an empty suit. Yeah, he was a mannequin in Macy's window. Yeah, and I, mean, I don't. See, I don't see Andy Reid jumping up and down on the sideline, or Bill Belichick hitting you know yep. backflips and screaming at people. So, yeah, yep. I agree. All right, let's do this. Take quick to. I got some Stafford questions. Let's talk about Rams and their shot against Tampa. We're the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, welcome back, fellas. Divisional round weekend. And uh, the early game tomorrow, we'll come up, we'll do the crown jewel. But the early game, I, I, I think, is a great one. Rams and Buccaneers. And, and guys, I'm curious. I, I love the Rams to win this game. In fact, I, I, I think it's going to be fairly easy. Hmm. Looking at the state of Tampa and how my, how it's banged up, and how I think that Stafford should be able to exploit the Tampa secondary, I I, I think right now the, the the connection that he has going on with his receivers, you got the best one in the world with Cup, and you look at Odell come back to life. He's got Van Jefferson, he's got Higby, you got Cam Akers back. I mean, I look at that offense, and I just don't think the Tampa defense can hold up. I, I kind of look on the other side of the ball here because as much as, I, I mean, Raheem Morris drew up a play uh, a play, a playbook for, a, for that game against the Cardinals that completely just shut out Kyler Murray for a, for yes. a full half. And, yeah, I, I mean, we, we've looked at the injuries that are happening to Tampa Bay right now, and so they have to rely on Mike Evans and – Rob Gronkowski, and if you have that kind of pass rush coming at you, that's uh, that's pretty brutal. And yeah, to the other side, like they didn't need Stafford to beat the Arizona Cardinals. They had Cam Akers going pretty well, and they had you know dominated them so well on defense that they didn't really need him taking those big shots. I think I I don't know. I'm curious to see how how that defense that the Rams deployed against the Cardinals carries over into this game because I think if they can carry it over and run the same kind of shutdown pressure that they ran against uh, Kyler Murray, then, yeah, they might have this one in the bag. My fear for the Rams, Anthony, is they're not going to be able to run the ball as effectively as they ran it against Arizona last week. Matthew Stafford threw 17 times, and he was extremely efficient, uh, but because they were able to run the ball so well. So now the game is in his hands – and if he has to throw more, he doesn't have Andrew Whitworth. The offensive line at times this season has been shaky against physical fronts like the Titans. Two times against the 49ers, they've been dominated up front. So I have question marks about the offensive lines on both sides. So that's why I can see this being a low-scoring game. Uh, and, and, and with that being a low-scoring game, it, one or two plays can end up making all the difference. 
and maybe it's just based on experience and bias, and I just haven't seen Matthew Stafford do it yet. If it's coming down to one or two plays from a quarterback, uh, I'm I'm more inclined to put my money on Tom Brady than I am on Matthew Stafford right now, just based well, on what I've seen over time, just based on interesting, history. Interesting. All right, so, but let's go to the matchups, right? Like, and let's look at first. Let's look at Rams versus Tampa offense. Tampa offense. Again, we know how how banged up it is, right? Yep. You have an incredible corner in Ramsey that can completely take out Evans, but he Just won't. Like, but he won't because Brandon, Sta- or, excuse me, Staley is now with the Chargers. Uh, Raheem Morris, for whatever reason, they don't have him shadow the best receiver. They have not done that all season. I know. Long. I I hear you. I and I, I don't it, understand it why. Frustrates but, me to no end. I'm not even a Rams fan, and it frustrates right, me because why else? Why right. the hell do you have him? But you have the personnel. Yeah. I think much better personnel than the Eagles did defensively. Like like the Eagles, like their front, you know, you got Donald, you got Von Miller. Yeah, that that front should dominate a, a banged up Tampa O line. Get to Brady, right? You know, you you can. I think you can freak Brady out in this game a little bit. And then offense, you know, on the other side of the ball, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to. You know, Tampa Bay is good against the run. But man, they got a lot of holes in that secondary, and geez, you got weapons galore. You do, but the wild card is Matthew Stafford, who had nine turnovers the last four weeks of the regular season, and some of them were really, really bad. And this is an opportunistic defense with a really good defensive coordinator that knows how to scheme up, even if he doesn't have prime talent on the back end at times. So I, I, I can see so the really I can see the Rams Stafford, winning. right? Like it just goes back for you. It goes back to Stafford. A lot you of just it don't is. trust him. I, I just don't. If if it's a close game and it comes down to him having him having to make a play on the road in the playoffs, I have to see it done, Anthony, before I can predict it I happening. Just, listen, I, I, that's fair. I just believe the matchups favor Tampa, favor the Rams. I mean, and I think it's a double-digit kind of favor to the Rams. Like right. I don't even, I, I don't even think it's a, I don't think it's a close game. All right. Well, we shall see. I kind of no, hope no, that's the listen, case. I, I hope that's I, the case. I, to be honest, and I hear you. I, I mean, believe me, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, we'll come back. We'll look at it all. We're the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Well, a good, 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 good morning, everybody. It's 9 a.m. across the whole country on the east, <laughs> 6 a.m. and uh, in the west. It's, uh, it's divisional around the weekend. A, a true holiday, right? Like, we love it. Anytime you have these big games, it's amazing. It's a holiday. And we've been talking all about it all morning long, right? It all gets started today. 
Cincinnati and Tennessee. Looking forward to it. And then uh, tonight, a great one. Green Bay, San Francisco. It's going to be zero degrees at Lambeau. Those two uh, iconic franchise uh, Niners who are just a great story, um, just a terrific team against the Packers. Should be a great football game. We've been talking about that one. Of course, tomorrow, Tampa and the Rams. I like the Rams a ton uh, tomorrow. I think I think this, this group, this Tampa group is banged up. I think they walked, they walked into an easy game last week against the quarterback who has no business being in the playoffs. Uh, against a team that was the beneficiary down the stretch of a pretty easy schedule. And they took advantage of it because, you know, Brady is still the GOAT. However, I think this offense presents a completely different challenge. I think this defensive front presents a completely different challenge. So I like the Rams a lot. And then that's going to take us, guys, to the crown jewel of the weekend, which is going to be amazing, in Kansas City tomorrow night. Chiefs, Bills, and uh, I, I got to tell you, I don't know. I I don't I don't have an opinion and as to or a strong like either way. Obviously, the Chiefs are a, a small favorite, so it's you know it's it feels like a pick 'em in, in, in every sense of the word. I don't know, Fig. You know, have you have a lean in this game? Because I'm pretty much you know a stalemate. I'm leaning towards Buffalo, uh, and maybe it's recency bias. I, I just can't. I, I talked about how Josh Allen just lit up that Patriot defense last week and was just completely unstoppable. And look, the Chiefs did it. You know, pulled the way in the second half against the Steelers. But I mean, that's uh, Steeler offense is just hapless. They had nothing going for it. I know the Chiefs defense improved the second half of the season. Uh, but I think that Buffalo offense is going to be tough to stop. And we have seen at times this year. That Kansas City offense, particularly when you take big plays away from them, they can be easier to defend. Not that they're easy to defend. So, I, and, and that Buffalo defense is is has been tough, even with even with, after losing Tre'Davious White. So, uh, I, I'm leaning more towards Buffalo. I don't think either team would win going away. I don't think Buffalo's running them off the field, 47 to 17. But if I had to pick, uh, I, I would go with the Bills. You're going Bills, huh? You're feeling Buffalo, Fig. How about you, Chris? You have a vibe on this game? I'm kind of like you. I'm pretty split. If I've got to if I've got to pick one. If I've got to pick one, I've got to take Kansas City cuz I know they've done it before. I know where they've gone through. They 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 finished the year very strong and they've been very consistent at the end of the year too. So I'm I I feel like I lean Kansas City because I just favor Patrick Mahomes regardless of what happens and they seem to be the most battle-tested when it comes to the playoffs. Obviously, they've gone to two Super Bowls straight here. So, I, I mean, I lean that way, but I it's not much. And I just want to watch this game. I want to put my my thinkers to the side and just watch these two heavyweights slug it out. It's what it comes down to at the end. You know, it's funny because I, I, I totally see where Figgy's coming from in the game, right? Like, Fig, I see you. You know, I get it. Like, you look at that offense and you go... Wow, especially with like you know Gabriel Davis, yep. right? Like so, you you have weapons. You forget about Emmanuel Sanders and right. Beasley, right? Yeah. Like 
And then you have the run element with Josh Allen, which which he broke out last week, and they involved Singletary. Singletary doesn't have to run for 120 yards. He ran for, I think, 80 yards or something last week. If he could just, if they just make the Chiefs think that he might be a threat out of the backfield, you know that could be enough for Josh Allen in this offense. Yeah, oh, without a doubt, I I think you're right. I mean, I think like everything you say is is spot on when it comes to the Bills' offense, and I go, yeah, you know, and and Josh Allen can completely hurt you with his legs and I agree with Singletary and Singletary could also catch the ball out of the backfield and Dawson Knox is a guy that you gotta worry about too, especially around the around the goal line in the red zone. He's dangerous. So yeah, I, I agree. I also agree with you that you look at, you know, the the Chiefs offense and how look, they've been stopped at times, right? Like they've been they've struggled They've endured times where they just don't look themselves. And that's a great defensive coaching staff on the other side with Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier. I mean, these are smart, smart defensive people. Yeah. And we've seen Mahomes press at times and have some really, really ugly turnovers at really inopportune times. uh, You're right about that. You're right. You're completely right about that. And so. Except. You know, someone like him shouldn't be, you know, feeling pressure and feel pressed, but he might, and it might force him to to make an ill-advised throw or two. Yes, yes, I hear you. I do. I hear you loud and clear, and we've seen it before. However, still the Chiefs. I get it. Yeah. And I still love Mahomes. I still think he's an elite, elite talent. And you still got Tyreek Hill. And you still got Kelsey. And now you have an added weapon. Yeah. McKinnon, mm-hmm. right, out of the backfield. Giving you some giddy up out of the backfield. Andy Reid, a master at, at working in other players, right? At other t- Pringle has been a key contributor. So it's Hardman at times, right? Demarcus Robinson, like they do have weapons galore. Mm-hmm. So that then everything we just said, I then go, ooh. And then on the other side, I go, you know what? I've seen Steve Spagnolo shut down a Patriots offense with Brady and Randy Moss and just have like all kinds of weapons. So, you know, can he get to Josh Allen and, and blitz him and, and freak him out? That's, you know, could also happen, right? So as much as I agree with everything you said about Buffalo, I then come back to it and go, well, Kansas City does have some answers and they are at home. Yeah, and I think to a certain degree, these teams are, are fairly evenly matched. They're both, you know, competent but not dominant on defense, and they both have spectacular athletes and uh, players at the quarterback position. Could be, you know, one and two, but one and three, whatever. Aaron Rodgers is up there, obviously, as far as the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So it's obviously one of those you wouldn't be surprised regardless of who won, you know. Um, but I, for whatever reason, and maybe it's because Kansas City has just been in a funk all season, and we'd all love to be in a funk and finish twelve and five. <laughs> but um, I, I just I'm feeling Buffalo right now for whatever reason. Yeah, I hear you, man. It's I'll tell you one thing though. I think you said it, Chris. What did you say? You just want to just put your thinking cap down. Yeah, sit back and watch. Right? Oh my God! I mean, the only thing that's a shame is that it's not the championship game. Right. 
Do you think, uh, Fig, uh, will the winner of that game tomorrow night, will that be your choice for the Super Bowl? Uh, oh, to win, to win it all? Yeah. Uh, not necessarily. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Because um, I do think there's a path to the Rams possibly being able to win it. Uh, I think there's a path to the Packers being possibly able to beat one of the AFC teams. So, I don't know if the Buccaneers would beat either the Bills or the or Kansas City. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think so, the Bucks yeah. would beat the Kansas City this year, uh, barring you know their whole offensive line getting hurt again. Um, so I wouldn't see that happening. So All yeah, right. so I think th- I think a couple of the, the Rams and the Packers. I don't and I don't think the 49ers would uh, would beat Kansas City yeah. or Buffalo either. So yeah, but the wow. Rams, yeah. Oh man, thick. can't wait, buddy. The question Great is, stuff. If, before we check out, like we're we're totally dismissing, you know, what if Cincinnati or Tennessee pulls up the upset of all upsets? You know, I I know, I just you don't can smell imagine it. the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. How crazy no, would that I be? I I can't say it, but you never know, right? It's the NFL, this brother. league, that's it, baby. <laughs> You're the best, man. Thank you so much this Thank morning. You're the greatest. Thank you, brother. We love you, buddy. Likewise. Thank you. Love you, too. He's on his way to his second gig. We'll yep. come back. And uh, our man, the big brain, we'll check out. We'll check out all the game from a betting standpoint. So we'll have you covered. We're the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right. Welcome back, the fellas. What a day. Uh, getting ready for a big, big quadruple weekend of playoff football. Boy, we love it. It's a holiday for sure. To break it down from a betting standpoint and uh, suss it out, and he's terrific. More than just uh, the games and the props and the sides and the totals and you name it. He's a great sportsman, so to kind of break him down from a different approach – my man, Big Brain Brad, Brad Feinberg joins us as he does each and every week at this time. Good morning, Bradley. You excited or what? It's, this, is, this is probably my favorite. Last weekend, it's probably my second favorite, but this is my favorite weekend. The divisional round should be four really good, exciting games. I can't wait, but I'm sad at the same time because I know it's getting towards the end. I know. <laughs> we see it the same way, dude. And so you look at it and you go, oh, man, it's almost over. That sucks. I hate the Super Bowl. You love yeah. it, but you hate it, man. Again, I, I'm, it's a shame that it goes by. It, it always, I always say it just it goes by so fast. And uh, But, again, really enjoyable season, and I'm really excited to watch a lot of these games. I think they're going to be really good ones. And I'm just excited for this, you know, to watch every second of all these games. You know, it's funny. You just bring just to digress for one second because you, you completely nail it. You know, we, we wait all year long for this stuff. Like we go nuts. We can't wait. We football, 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 football. Can't wait for it. And then it's it just goes by. I've never seen it. Just goes by in a flash, Brad. It's insane it's how quickly it goes. It happens every year. It's just that's the way football is. I mean, that's, yeah. in the United States, football is king, always will be. Yeah, amazing. All right, well, let's kind of go through it game by game. And uh, we'll begin today in Tennessee, Cincinnati. Tennessee, and as always, I'll give you my my kind of thumbnail, and you tell me where you're at. I, I look at it where I think Vrabel and the Tennessee front – will decide this game. 
because I think they can really attack Burrow and negate some of the weapons. And I think on the other side of the ball, I think Tannehill makes some plays like he always does. So I like Tennessee. Yeah, in the game. Listen, Anthony, I, I see it the same way. Uh, look, last week Cincinnati got a, a cover; they won by seven uh, against the, the Raiders. Really wasn't crazy impressed with them. And there are a couple things about Cincinnati versus a great future. Love what they've done this year. You know, obviously Burrow's phenomenal, and Chase has had a great year. It's a good team, but. They're facing the Titans team. That this is the healthiest the Titans team has been in forever, right? I mean, this is a Titans team that, let's be honest, actually, you know, has really, if if healthy, some good players too. Um, my my power ratings made this game right around what it's at, but I think it's a. I just kind of like the way uh, Tennessee being healthy for the first time in in forever, and I just don't really trust. Cincinnati's offensive line here to protect Burrow in a way where mm-hmm. I think they're going to need him protected. Uh, I'm going to lean here with the with the Titans laying the three and a half. Uh, also, uh, I did bet Julio Jones over 39 and a half. I think he's up to like 42 and a half. Still like that. Uh, I think in a game like this, Julio can get his yards. Uh, I took uh, Tyler Boyd under four and a half catches, and I took AJ Brown under five and a half catches. Those are three props I bet. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. You know, what's interesting is that I'm with you. You know, obviously we agree on how this thing could play out. Uh, I also think, and how much do you do this, that this is a spot where you could lay more than, you know, the spread, right, and try to get some really plus money where you can look at it. When you see, because this game could easily get out of control. Like, you know, like, and I love Burrow, and I love Chase, and I love the Bengals. They're fun. They're sexy. But this is a game where I, I could easily see Tennessee rolling by, like, three touchdowns. Like, I could see a game script where that happens. Yeah, look, I actually, this is that, I, I do agree. I think this game does have variance in it. And right now, you could take the minus 13 and a half, for example, getting three to one odds. Okay? Yeah. Three to yeah. one odds, and then the one by two touchdowns. I kind of... See, this is the, out of the games, out of all the games on the schedule. Uh, if I had to pick one game that you know, these spreads are all the highest line game was Green Bay, but if I had to pick one game in the schedule that I thought had the highest variance to maybe be that two touchdown game, it would be the Titans for me as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, and what kind of curious because I do think they're under, they're kind of like overlooked by the public, right? Like, look at Tennessee, and you almost forget that. You know, they didn't have to play last week. That's a big advantage when you have a bye like that and you get the rest up. Yeah, absolutely. Look, this first round getting that bye is huge, and especially, look, huge for anyone, right? But for Tennessee, Anthony, probably more huge than anyone else with the Derrick Henry factor, right? Their best player, the guy that they really have wanted back this entire time, finally is healthy because of that extra week off. Um, I think it's going to be a tough road for Cincinnati to win this one, tough spot. Does yeah. I like Tennessee to advance. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, so then you got tonight in Lambeau, and you we know Lambeau, the temperatures will be cold, and it's going to be zero degrees, and it's historic. I was saying earlier, Brad, I once covered, it was in the 90s, it was Favre against Young, and it was uh, Green Bay and... Uh, San Francisco, and they had the Packeronis out. That's when there were these yellow. They call them Packeronis to go with the cheese heads, and they they were like these thunder sticks. 
foam thundersticks, and they were called Packeronis, and they unveiled them at the Niners uh, Packers playoff game. It was awesome. Um, first time ever in Lambeau, and, and it was like Mecca, right? So I'm curious tonight, how you looking, man? You know, you know, San Fran Dragon Slayers, can they come in and, and slay Rodgers? Well, look, it's interesting. Again, my power ratings made this game right around what the line is at. So, again, not advantage in terms of that. But I actually, you know, I like Anthony. I like the favored Packers here. I think it's a tough spot for San Francisco. I always say we, again, I say it every week on the show, sometimes we tend to treat these players like they're John Madden, John Madden characters, not human beings. Frisco, Anthony, look what they've had to do just to get in the playoffs. They've basically been in a, a bunch of must-win situations just to get in, right? And, you know, they, they, they've had to have some tough games recently down the stretch. They had to beat Cincinnati, which they won by a field goal on the road. Then they had Atlanta, Tennessee, Houston. Then they had that Rams game. They were down 17 nothing, 17 nothing at halftime. Needed to needed to, to win that game because the Saints won just to get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the tough win at Dallas. Totally. Uh-oh, I think we lost Brad. You want to try to get us uh try to get us back, Rick? Let's see if uh Oh, here he Andy, is. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got Go, you now, wait. buddy. No, this is a Tennessee. This is a San Francisco team. I'm sorry, a Green Bay team that has also Anthony gotten healthier, right? The, Jair Alexander, their star cornerback, we're supposed to be returning for this game. David Bakhtari, their star tackle, yes. supposed to be returning for this game. Which is a huge it's, deal for, for Rodgers, huge deal. They have three offensive linemen total who are supposed to be back for this game. So this is the healthiest this team has been as well, too. Um, I think in this state, and this is, to me, the biggest home field out of all the teams that have home field. Um, I think it's a tough spot for, for Frisco. I really do. Having all these must-win games, I respect Debo Samuel a lot, respect George Kittle a lot. Respect this 49ers team a lot, but I think Green Bay with Rodgers does win this game by at least a touchdown. And I did bet Rodgers over 261.5 in this one. I expect Rodgers, who's averaging 298 yards the last seven real full games he played during the regular season, went over six of those seven games to go over that total. Well, I like that. That's a good prop. I like that a lot. What's Devontae Adams? Because I, I could see Devontae Adams. Yeah, 94.5. That's about what I made it. But I will say this, Anthony. Usually, sometimes I like to fade during the regular season if I think something's a player's because I think they get old, you know, uh, under during the regular season. But now in the, in the postseason, I like taking the superstars over because there's not there's nothing holding them back. They're not they're not saving Devontae Adams for anything. They're not, not saving him for next week. They will put the pedal to the metal, so to speak. So I would yes, I would have a lean to Adams over because the average is right around there. But and and again, there's no reason not to force feed Devontae Adams the ball in a must win playoff game. And I and when you look at, you know, how San Francisco has to play it against Rodgers, you know, they're gonna have to try to pressure and they're gonna have to kind of force him to make quicker throws. Otherwise, you know, because he'll just dart you to death. I mean, there's no way you gotta pressure him. Yeah, I just here's the why the reason I do I'm on the on the forty nine. I'm sorry, on the Green Bay side is yeah. I, to me, I think kind of like what you just kind of what you said. I think it's going to be hard for forty nine ers to stop this Green Bay team. I really, I think it's just going to be very, very difficult for them on the defense. Look, 
Dak Prescott's been erratic all year. This Dallas offense all year was erratic. They're facing a Green Bay team that's a machine on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think the 49ers are going to be able to stop it. All right, so give me this because I, I have a uh, – I got a prop that I want to get you because I, I love it, and it's Jimmy G over interceptions because yeah, – well, yeah. Look here, Jimmy G. Here's here's why I lean to the yes on that. First of all, again, they do have their full complement of players back now, and I expect they're going to have to pass the ball more. Quite frankly, well, that's okay? my point. And in the cold, having to throw, like I could totally see the Niners' season like a last drive ending on a pick. So I could see two Jimmy G. turnovers here. Yeah, and Jimmy G.'s also look. We saw last week has been has definitely been prone to making some of those kind of uh, some of those mistakes or whatnot. And he's thrown the last three games, two interceptions against Tennessee, two interceptions against the Rams, an interception against Dallas. So we've seen up close and personal the last three games. He's thrown five interceptions. Now in a game where he's probably actually have to throw the ball. I agree with you on this one. Yeah. I, uh, all right. Do me a favor. Sit tight. And then uh, I want to go over tomorrow's games. But first, whoa, whoa. The Lord of Trendings. The one, the only, I know. I know. Let's start with a buzzer beater this morning, shall we, Anthony? NBA Friday night. Golden State Warriors, Houston Rockets, tied at 103 in the final seconds. Here's Tim Roy on KGMZ. Lines up at the far hash mark. 5.1 to go. John Goble blows his whistle, hands the ball to Porter. Auto looking, auto waiting. Curry with the catch, guarded by Kevin Porter Jr. Curry dribbles on him, step back jumper on the way. Good at the buzzer. Ball game over. Stephen Curry runs for the locker room, but was head off of the pass by Raymond Ritter, the Warriors PR man. What a great call. He's able to drop the PR man, Raymond Ritter, who is like the best PR guy in the NBA, by the way. Great guy. Great call. Golden State now 33-13. and 13. The Memphis Grizzlies winning at Denver 122-118. to 118. And another great game by John Morant. 38 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. The Grizzlies now 32-16. and 16. The Los Angeles Lakers down 8 at halftime in Orlando, but outscored the Magic 62-43 to 43 in the second half and won 116-105. to 105. The Lakers now 23-23. and 23. The Brooklyn Nets trounced the San Antonio Spurs 117-102 to 102 as James Harden had a triple-double. 37 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, and a bottle of the 1990 Domaine Montrachet Grand Cru for Greg Popovich. I don't have any idea what you're talking about. Yes, you do. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Finally, Anthony, get this. College football, news of a crazy situation broke overnight. Hawaii offered June Jones its head coaching job, but Jones turned it down, and Jones explained why on Twitter. He tweeted, and I quote, I am still interested in this job, but there is no way I could accept with the conditions offered me. No coach in their right mind would accept. Dictating who can be on my staff and only two-year contract. What recruit would come if I was here for two years? Question mark, question mark, question mark, dot, dot, dot. This has never been about money, but it is about giving me the ability to turn our program around and not have people tell me who is on my staff or how to coach my team. Unquote. 
And he's right on, man. Uh, he's right on. Are you Woo. kidding me? That's insane, dude, right? What did we ever do before Twitter, Anthony? Back to yeah. you. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't play the uh, the blown lead and the Doc Rivers uh, quote after the game. Oh, I, 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 you know, I was going to, but uh, I got a mysterious text message from someone identifying himself as Marco Mangananzo. And he he uh, suggested that I not make you upset, so I just wanted to be careful. Oh, that's the best. Thank you, Ilo. You're the greatest. You bet. We love you. I was referring to last night, the Sixers blew a 20-point lead and lost, right? And Doc Rivers, who is the king of blowing leads, the takes out and beats too early. And he was asked after the game, well, what role did coaching have to play in the in this loss? And uh, i tell you what, Chris, why why don't we play? Because I know Brad has an opinion on this. Listen to this. This is Doc after he blows another 20-point lead. What what part of this loss would you attribute to coaching? I don't know. Um, Would you ask Pop that question? No, you wouldn't. So don't ask me that question. I've earned that. Has he earned that? Uh, I'll ask you, Brad, because you're down there a lot. And, you know, listen, uh, we've heard about the blown leads all across his career, right? The Clippers endured it. Uh, The Sixers endured it last year in the playoffs when they lost and blew a series to a team like the Hawks, blowing two 20-point leads in that series. Uh, What's your take on that? I got to be honest. (laughs) like, I I I I said to my buddy who who showed, when I, we saw the clip, I go, it was worth this loss just to hear that clip. He is delusional. I got to be honest, that would be like me comparing myself to freaking Tom Brady as a pro football quarterback. Like I I absolutely could not believe what this guy said. Um, I again. I, it was worth it for me to watch the Sixers lose. They're my favorite team. Just to see the delusion of, of how what this guy actually is comparing himself to Greg Popovich, it's absolutely – I guess that lets you know why this team's in trouble as long as this guy's the coach because he really is delusional. No offense to him, but yeah. I'm telling you how it is. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the, to the real stories, uh, yeah. and that is tomorrow – and uh, we start with the early game. Brady and Stafford. Fascinating matchup. I- I'm in just absolutely in love with the Rams. Uh, I just think if there's any a team that can exploit the Tampa defense, it's Stafford because he's got that array of receivers. You got Cup. You got a great rapport going on with Beckham. You got Van Jefferson. You got Higby. You got you know backs out of the backfield like Cam Akers who will run a wheel on you, and I just don't think the Tampa the secondary and back end can hold up. Yeah, this is a game I've been waiting for. One of the, I, I, I do like this spot here for the Rams, and I bet the Rams plus three, I bet the Rams plus forty. But I will say this, and having watched the Rams a lot this year, and I'm sure you know, I know you know the sport as well as anyone, Anthony, Whitworth, their tackle, Andre Whitworth, yeah. is an yeah. extremely, extremely valuable piece for this team. He's yeah. not going to play. Yeah, uh, that to me was a big thing that to the average fan, eh, Whitworth, whatever, you know, they lose the bald guy. Well, the bald guy is a very important player to this 
to Stafford and this entire offense. Uh, and I've seen this Rams team, and it happened in the, in the 49ers game, struggle with pass protection. And without him, that could be an issue. That being said... Remember, remember the, the uh, Tennessee game? Oh, my God, yes. That was the best example. Yes, yes. That was, that was absolutely horrible. Yes. Um, so I could definitely see a path where Tampa Bay is able to show the defensive chops they showed last year. They haven't really showed it this year. And maybe they trouble Stafford uh, with that. But I'll, here's the thing. I'm expecting Anthony, and I bet Stafford under 282.5 yards this one. is One of the reasons is I think we're going to see in my opinion, the last five games, Stafford's only averaging 238 yards. And we watched last week, he only threw the ball 17 times, I believe. They're going to want to establish, and he looked good, Cam Akers in this one. And I don't think Tampa Bay's run defense is as dominant as it's been in the past, not saying it's not good. But I think that they're really going to try to establish Akers and also take some of the pressure off that offensive line and having a pass protect for Stafford the entire game. Um, I also think just Tampa Bay having – this is the kind of game the Eagles weren't good enough, Anthony – when to when with Brady not having Antonio Brown, not having Chris Godwin, not having two of his big three big weapons, they weren't good enough to overcome it. But to me, you know, to, to, they weren't good enough to take advantage of it. To me, this Los Angeles team, as you said, Beckham is actually playing his role nicely here. He's a role player, but he's he's actually ironically been kind of probably what they thought the Sean Jackson be a nice role player who can come in and, and just make some plays, make some big touchdowns or whatnot. Obviously, Cooper Cup is magnificent. I think it's been a great game. They've beaten them twice with McVay Anthony. Uh, this has been a, a spot for the last two years. Uh, the Rams have beaten Tampa Bay in back-to-back years. I think they do it for the third straight time. I think Tom Brady's magic ends here. I think it'll be a really good game, a really close game, but I think the Rams pull one out with Stafford playing quite well. Yeah, I see see it the same way, my brother. Same exact way, because here's the other thing, too. The Rams' defense against a banged-up Tampa front. Right, like that's yeah, a big I, deal. You got you got Aaron Donald, Von Miller along that line. I think they're going to torture Brady. I think Brady can have a long day without Godwin and without Antonio Brown and, and pressure in his face. Yeah, I, I lean to the under for the exact same reason you said there, Anthony. I think it's going to be uh, hard for. I think it's a good matchup for the Rams' defense in that, um, again, Philadelphia couldn't take advantage, but I think the Rams' defense will be able to slow down this Tampa Bay offense, and this is the game I think it's going to hurt Brady not having his favorite guys more so than, of course, the Philadelphia game. And, uh, again, I think it's going to be a good game, an exciting game, a close game, but I actually expect the Rams to win the game outright. Yeah, I do too. I do too. All right, that takes us to the best game tomorrow night. What? Oh, my God. It's going to be incredible. Absolutely incredible. Bills and Chiefs, Arrowhead, two of the two best teams, I think, in the league, head-to-head, great offenses, really uh, aggressive defenses. I, I think it's going to be a fun game. Where are you at? Yeah, this is obviously the premier game. Uh, I mean, and, and this is the game I've been looking forward to. Look, I, I, in just my opinion, again, the, the two teams, the NFL, I, I thought compared to the market that I was off the most on was New England one. I thought they were overrated. Number two for me is Kansas City. Anthony, I really do think this team is overrated now. I was hoping to catch a three. No such luck, but you could still get two. In my opinion, the best way to bet this game is taking Buffalo in a teaser, tease them up to eight, and I, you could tease them with, um, with the Rams. That's how I did it. And I 
feel very comfortable neither of those teams are going to lose by double digits. But for the game itself, I do expect Buffalo to win this game outright. I really, really do. I trust Buffalo Anthony both defensively and even offensively right now more than I trust Kansas City. And as crazy as may seem to say, I right now, this exact second, I trust Josh Allen more than I trust Patrick Mahomes. Um, I really like what I've seen, how Buffalo's utilizing Josh Allen, Anthony. They're using him kind of like the way San Francisco is using Debo Samuel, right? Yes, They're yes, using yeah. him very effectively in the yeah, run that's game. A, that's a great is, point, yeah. Yeah, and it's really – that's smart. That's really good coaching by Coach McDermott to realize, listen, this is the playoffs. We're not saving him for anything. You know, let's, he's a bull. Let's, let's use him in that way. And he makes big plays, not only with his arm, but with his legs as well. I think that'll be one of the differences. And I still, this, and again, Anthony, I know you predicted it way back when, for anyone listening, Anthony called when, when they started, when the Chiefs defense started off bad, he, he gave us a Joe Namath guarantee that they would right the ship. They did, and that was a great call by you. But I still just don't know if I think they have as much talent on the defensive side of the ball as Buffalo does, even without Tredavious White. Um, I think it'll be an exciting game, an amazing game, probably the best game to watch. Um, along with the Tampa Bay game, those are my two favorites. But I really do think Buffalo's going to actually not only win this game, Anthony, I think they win the Super Bowl. I could say it. Listen, I could totally see Buffalo winning the Super Bowl. I mean, look, you know, Sean has done just one of the most amazing jobs. Uh, I mean, really. I mean, he has just killed it, Sean McDermott. I I love the coaching aspect of it all, too, because – you know, it's a kind of a family thing. You got Andy Reid and Sean uh, made his bones under Andy. Leslie Frazier was with Andy, yeah. right? Spags, you got they. They all know each other. They're, the whole staffs are kind of intermingled, and you got these incredible players. These unique. You know, Mahomes, like, think about this. Like, you're not even talking about the Chiefs' offense. See, I think at M- McKinnon is adds a different wrinkle. Right, because he can catch the ball out of backfield. He's got giddy up, right? So I think Andy discovered something with McKinnon. You also got Pringle to worry about because he's incorporated Pringle and Hardman into the mix. So I think the Chiefs' offense is a lot more dangerous than it was earlier in the year. Well, it's interesting, Anthony. If you think about it, the last they played in the AFC Championship game last year, total blowout for the Chiefs. They played the regular season this year. Total blowout for Buffalo. So, but I think this is the game that actually will be close. Uh, and look, even though I'm saying here I expect Buffalo to win, let me make this clear. I'm smart enough to realize this game can clearly go either way. These are probably the two best teams, if not in pro football. You know, they're right up there. I just personally think Kansas City yes. is a little overrated in my, compared to what I have them at. But sure. I really, this should be a great, great, great game. And look, Coach Reed, we don't Andy Reed. I mean, you talk about a guy who's a Hall of Fame coach. This is a Hall of Fame coach. And I'm sure that every edge that, you know, he could, every great wrinkle, every great play call. We've seen Andy Reid Anthony do it for year after year. I am sure that there'll be some plays in that game like, wow, that was an amazing play call by Andy Reid. So uh, I think it's going to be a terrific game, an exciting game. But I just like, as I said, I trust both Buffalo's offense and defense more. I think they pull out a close one. I love it. I love it. Great stuff, Brad. Enjoy the games as always. The big brain coming in strong. All right, we will come back and uh, and put a bow on it. What a weekend of football. We're the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, back, fellas. Wrapping it up. Divisional Saturday. What a weekend uh, that we have upon us. And for uh, most of us, kind of landlocked in the cold of winter above the Florida basin and uh, east of uh, California. It's freaking cold, man. It's going to be cold in Kansas City. It's going to be cold in Cincinnati. It's going to be cold in Green Bay. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun because it's going to add some incredible theater to all of it. That's why the NFL plays the best. And you know what? I think it's success that they added last weekend. The Super Wild Card weekend was a success. Pushing back the uh, the season, or at least you know, adding the extra layer in, uh, the extra week. I think again, you know, the fact that we're, you know, we get the Super Bowl at February thirteenth, not February third or February fourth. Uh, that extra week helps out <laughs> getting us through winter, Chris. That's where I'm at, man. Just get me through winter, right? So add two more weeks, and then I'm happy because I go right to March Madness. That's what's gonna do. <laughs> Well, you don't like it right now where it's, you know, what, what's what been the refrain for a lot of people for a long time is like, they want the Monday after the Super Bowl to be a day off. Well, you got it on a holiday this, this year. It's on President's Day. Yeah, no, I think it's great. I yeah. do. I think it's great. They're, they're going to add, but you know, they're going to add another week. Oh, yeah. Right? No, they're going to add I, that I know other they're week. Gonna, I mean, 17's always been kind of unwieldy. I think they've always, the plan was to always go to 18 games. So there definitely will be another week. And, yeah, as you say, it's going to push it deeper and deeper into into February. And you wonder, too, I, I do wonder they're still going to want that week off between championship weekend and the Super Bowl. I don't know. It'll be interesting because here's the here's what they they definitely will have to do, right? They're, they're going to figure out the high, if you add another week, you'll have to add another buy for every Yeah, for everybody. so yeah, you're right. So that does keep pushing it up. So, I so mean, you'll have the double buy. So you got to do you got to have a double buy. And I think, look, I think that takes you into, you know, March. And you go from, you know, March gladness in the Super Bowl to March madness in college basketball. Like, you know, could you imagine, you know, Super Bowl Sunday and then you have Selection Sunday the following week and the tournament the following Thursday? Yeah, that would be uh, lined up pretty well. I mean, my my problem is I just don't. My my concern for football overrides everything, so I I I don't know. I, I feel like I'd lose out on some of those championship weekends we'd have for the conference tournaments. So, but you know, more more football is always better for me. At the end of the day, <laughs> exactly. Listen, brother, it always comes down to more football. All right, that's that's yeah, a truism in life. More football. <laughs> we'll see what they do with the uh, preseason too, because I feel like. If we're going to get a double buy in 18, they'll probably keep shortening the preseason as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the one thing that we kind of realized that, you know, you don't you don't have to go full till for what's preseason. Coming up, for what's coming up this week, we've got just the matchups we have. Uh, it's going to be special. Games, yeah. yeah, I like, uh, I do. I, I love the Rams and uh, I love Tennessee. Uh, I think it'll be a, a blast to watch Kansas City, Buffalo. Will be an awesome game, and I like the Packers. So everybody, listen, it's going to be a fun, fun weekend. Enjoy all the football, relish it. All right, <laughs> we love you. We'll see you next week.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 